We are brought to you by Boss Bears Supplements. That's Boss Bears Supplements at bossbears.co. Hard work, consistency, and determination are difficult to sustain when your mind and body can't keep up. Fuel your body with what it needs to perform like a boss. Whether you're closing deals, pitching a new business idea, or training in the gym, Boss Bears take your hustle to the next level. Our ingredients are the highest quality with potency and serving sizes that are the gold standard in the industry. Check out all of Boss Bears' products at bossbears.co. They have apple cider vinegar gummies. They have ashwagandha. They have all kinds of supplements in delicious gummy form. They also have them in pill form if you don't want the gummies. I prefer the gummies. They are delicious, and I've tried the apple cider vinegar. They are very good. Uh, use code Nikki at checkout to save 10%. That's bossbears.co, code Nikki. We are brought to you by Clout Power Supplements. Uh, that's K-L-O-U-T-P-W-R.com. Uh, so here I have the uh, protein, the cravings protein from Clout. Uh, this one is the salted caramel. This is some of the best protein that I've ever had in my life. It's actually delicious. Um, I, I like the salted caramel and the cinnamon swirl are my two favorites. Uh, also, their pre-workouts are amazing. So they have the Karma Nootropic pre-workout. It's a nootropic and focused pre-workout. It's a lower stimulant formula, zero itch formula. It has four trademark ingredients and it's fully has fully dosed ingredients. Uh, so far, I, the Arctic Cherry is probably my favorite of the Karma pre-workout. Also, try the Nero Aminos from them. And also the High Stimulant Mamba is some of my favorite too. And I really like the Arctic Cherry of that one. So go to cloutpower.com and use code Nikki to save 15%. K-L-O-U-T-P-W-R.com. Code Nikki to save 15%. Okay, everybody, welcome to the Nikki Free Podcast. We are here with Kim Dowfit. And uh, Kim is the host, uh, co-host of the Ghoulish Tendencies Podcast. And what they do is you guys research different paranormal stories from history and present, correct? Uh, from past and present past and, and present. everything in between. Yeah, and then... Um, you kind of do like a different episode on each one. The one I just listened to was the vampire one, the last one. Yeah, that was a weird one. So too. what was that about? Um, uh, and that was one because we, my my co-host Gabby and I, we switch off. Right, you like said that taking the lead for an episode. So I got to relax on that one since that was her episode, Taking the Lead. Um, yeah. But it, there was all these weird things happening in the cemetery. And... Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing I noticed, too, that I really liked is because whenever I talk to somebody that's – because I do get into the paranormal stuff. It's yeah. fun. We've had one other episode. But I, I liked that you seem to be like you, – you go with like being very skeptical. And I think that's the most important thing when you're – you know, because otherwise it's like – you know, any kind of these things like Bigfoot sightings or, um, There's you so know, many of them. <laughs> alien abductions, like the majority of it is just people are natural like storytellers. Yeah. And sometimes they see things that are not even real, but they think something happened and then they'll remember it. And we know how our memory is not very 
good all over the place so you know you get like um eyewitness accounts mm-hmm. and everybody's story is different when the cops come to like see so i like that you come at it with kind of a skeptical point of view and so how did you get to that point so first of all how did you get to uh being into paranormal stuff just in general well i i'm a theater kid yeah. you know i uh, and if you you come up in the theater every single theater you will ever encounter is haunted oh yeah that's the law it's no, haunted. yeah, even yeah. uh I'm from a very small town in Iowa called Cresco, Iowa, and it's notorious that like so they have the one theater there and it's the movie theater as well, yeah. but that's where they put on any kind of production as well, like plays and stuff. And it is definitely like there's always these ghost stories. Mm-hmm. And it does seem haunted, I'm not gonna lie. Like it's got that old vibe, you know, like it seems like it would be haunted. It's that energy yeah. I think you get from a lot of the older buildings and any place that has a lot of people coming through. Right. You 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 leave that trace of energy, I think. So you've got theaters and hospitals and jails and hotels all tend mm. to have a lot of, of known haunted activity associated with them. Right, American Horror Story Hotel. Yeah. I, I liked that one. That was a that good was one. That was a good season. That was yeah. a really good season. Uh, Lady Gaga, I remember mm-hmm. her being on that. Yeah, shout out to Lady Gaga. That yes. was uh, She was like a vampire in that. Speaking she was, yeah. Like yeah. sexy vampire too, yeah. Totally, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of a good, that was a good season. So you guys were just researching this last one, and yeah, I listened to that episode. Um, it kind of seemed like it was just these two guys that were kind of like fighting. Basically, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. like I don't even know if the story was true. It was just like, back then it was weird, because like, when was that? They were still like, believed in like witches and stuff. Oh, absolutely. And... Well, and to be fair, I mean, you still have places that will burn people or kill people for being witches. Like to this day. To this day, that still like, happens. Where where at? You think? Uh, mostly, I did a report on this years ago, uh, just tracing like witch hunts through the years, and there was still people being killed for being witches, uh, mostly in some smaller areas in like South America or Africa, but it was still happening. So, <laughs> I suppose like before modern times, like that's what they would do they just wouldn't understand something and then it's magic come up with some like yeah it's magic and what was weird too because it was like i remember in that episode you're talking about like the the one guy like so vampire kind of craze took over Mm -hmm. and the one guy like went in some basement and burned some or staked some dead body already some dead body like i was kind of yeah i was kind (laughs) of like man like dudes were just like bored back then like they were doing anything to get laid back in the day like <laughs> well it's it's i think it's too, like, it's i staked, i killed a vampire you know it's <laughs> like, my manliness yeah that was kind of funny i'm like damn they would you know that's like where my mind went i'm it's like bragging rights too like yeah i'm like you're probably a badass in yeah. the town like you just killed a vampire and shit like use you know? that as the story at the pub like hey baby yeah. i just staked a vampire <laughs> no for real though right like that's probably what was going on half the time it often is. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, you, you trace some of these stories. And I think that's what I've always appreciated. Because Gabby, when we first started, we joke our dynamic is Mulder and Scully. Yeah. And she is very much Mulder and I am very much Scully. Now, I've never actually seen the show. So I do know of it. And I've sure. seen like one episode. So uh, Mulder was always more... Was... Or was... Uh, which one was always more like believed everything? That was Mulder. Mulder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was always, and Scully was like the scientific, very mm-hmm. like, 
A logical one. Okay. Look, look at the evidence. Look at, you know, is there things to back this up? So when we first started and we'd start doing these episodes and she'd be like, isn't this cool? Look, this happened. And I'd be there just like, um, all right, let's take a moment and review the evidence. But you need that. Otherwise, the show, like, who's going to listen to it? Because after a while, it's just like, oh, this is a fun show where they're just pretending, you know, exactly. like playing make-believe. But So you got to have that side. Otherwise, it's no fun, I don't think. Well, and, and I think, you know, the market is full of all of these ghost hunting shows, yeah. and they need the sensationalization, they need the ratings. Mm. And so you watch them, and you're like, how much of this is truth, and how much of this is you playing things up for the camera? Because you want uh, people to watch. Ghost Adventures is the one we were talking about. because. Yeah. You know, like as a gym bro, I kind of like uh, that Zach Baggins. If you had listened one episode uh, prior, you were talking you, about him. You would have heard me go on an epic, epic rant about Zach Baggins. Uh, I mean, I think it's all just for. Oh, oh, it's absolutely. That's. Yeah. I mean, I have to kind of respect. He has built an empire. Yes. And and I respect as an entertainer. Yeah, as, like as, as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Right. It's like. He's built an empire. He's built yeah. an empire. But but people watch his show, go to his museum, mm -hmm. and they take it as fact. And that's what bothers yeah. me. Because that's damaging. Because it's 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 encouraging people to not do the research, to right. not actually look into what really happened, but to just take this... It's just fun. It's just fun. Yeah. And you have to treat it as fun. You have to treat it as entertainment. And yep. if you start... Treating it not is, I think, where things start to get a little yeah. dicey. Well, yeah. and I come from, like, the pro wrestling world. So, to right. me, it's very much like, I think most people that get into it, they kind of know it's just for fun. It's you just know, for fun, like, yeah. they believe it, but do they really... Do it's they entertaining. Really believe it? I don't know. It's theater. Know? It's yeah. yes and. You're, you're going in in that willing suspension of disbelief because right. you're going to have a good time. Yeah. And if you keep that mindset, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Oh, I uh, think so, too. So now the, the last guy I had on who was a paranormal guy, mm -hmm. um, Jonathan um, Wills, friend of mine, he he's really into this stuff, too. And he brought, like, I know you were, like, talking about dousing rods and all that goofy stuff. And, like, it was kind of fun, though, because, you know, he even said, like, well, you know, most people say they're not really... You know, you can move it, like, it go to the right. I was kind of like, okay, if I'm a badass, go to the right. And then I just made him go to the right, you know, like. <laughs> Look, it did it. <laughs> yeah, so I could yeah. see in the past when people believe that stuff, yeah. you could really, you know, it's the same thing like put, like politicians do to us oh, now. Yeah. You could kind of steer things. Absolutely. Make it look like if they believed you and you had a position of power, you could really probably use some of that stuff. Well, and our brains are such remarkable things because they will make our body do things and we don't think it's uh, it's like the ouija board it's like i didn't move it yeah no did you see that it moved yeah. and you're like well it did yeah <laughs> but right most likely it was someone's subconscious yeah. moving it the way they want to but again if you're treating it as fun if you're treating it as something that that's a good time mm -hmm. awesome uh there's um uh spirit boxes and and those mm. that's kind of a big thing that some of the paranormal shows you zach baggins loves them um and it's it's basically you you set it up and you can talk to it and it it picks up radio frequencies so it'll talk oh, back really 
but that's just it. It's picking up radio frequencies. So it's just you're hearing your radio. You're frequency. hearing you're hearing things getting picked up, and if you treat it as something that's entertaining, it's fun. It's fun. If it's you know for a sleepover, absolutely. For yeah. for a party trick, it's a good time. If you're treating it as fact, it's not a controlled thing you can use as as real evidence. So no, no, no. So then to you. As a investigator of this mm-hmm. stuff, what would be real evidence? Like, what's the best case evidence you've ever seen? Or like, so like, I know most of these stories, they're kind of just fun, and you're like investigating these old stories of lore and everything. But have you what stories in modern times or any time have you seen that have given you like the best case of like something that seems like it actually is something's going on here? Because I'm not a uh, opposed to it. Like, I kind of it's like. It's like I said, I'm like, I, I'm always a skeptic. I'm pretty much a skeptic. Yeah. I just think it's fun. Yeah. But then at the same time, like when, when he was here doing the stuff last time, I was kind of like, you know, we were joking about Zach Baggins and I'm like talking into this thing and I'm like trying to call the ghost. Like, I'm like, come on, you pussy go-. You know, I'm trying to be like Zach Baggins. You know how he gets all like, <laughs> trying to get him, like all that macho up. testosterone yeah, 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 yeah. stuff. And, like, and then I was doing it as a joke for the podcast because I sure. thought it would be a good clip. But then it was kind of funny because after he left, I was like, oh, shit, what if I did piss something off? What if off? I pissed like, yeah, like, off? I'm like, I don't really know. Like, what if I've been Sorry. living in here with some spirit and it's been chill with me the whole time, but now I just called it like a pussy and it's oh, pissed off. Like, it's coming for you tonight. You so, But it. he did some, like, uh, whatever, cleansing stuff. I don't know, but. Oh, like the sage or. Yeah, the, yeah. He did all that stuff and, like, kind of tried to salt cle- at it. cleanse the room. Yeah. But uh, so I will say, like. The only thing is, like, we do know that, you know, like, there's all this, like, new studying with, um, like, psilocybin mushrooms and mm-hmm. trips and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, you know, there there's certain scientists that study that stuff, and they're kind of finding that it – and I don't really know. So, that, like, obviously, this is just YouTube video shit, so don't listen to anything I'm saying because <laughs> that's not the, the best place for, like, you know, critical – analysis but apparently scientists are finding out that there's like certain things that seems that you know people when they go into have these trips it's not like it's a separate thing created by each one of their minds it seems like it's almost like a thing that's similar for each person like it's actually already there so like to me it could be like in and with ghosts anything like that like we don't really know what this realm that we're living in is so pop you know what if when people are taking like psilocybin mushrooms and stuff and they're getting access to these other realms Mm -hmm. these kind of entities that they're talking to and seeing like exist along we just we don't see them where we are and it even could be scientifically you know accurate it could be proven eventually we just don't know it yet you know so the thing is like what if ghosts or spirits or that kind of thing are similar are are these kind of entities and they do like live somewhere else but we're just not we don't have access and certain people maybe have a little more uh susceptibility to them or they're a little more sensitive to those type Mm -hmm. of things so some of that i can kind of like you know like what if so i'm like open-minded to it is my point so that's like i guess my question after that long-winded uh speech was basically like what's the best like realistic most like evidence things that make you really believe that you you know that there's or ones that seem like wow something really did go down there that can't really be explained i'm a sucker for a good evp yeah uh which there's a lot of really crappy ones that people right. play and they're like don't you hear it and i'm like 
I hear the wind. It was static. Yeah, I hear static. Uh, or you told me what to listen for ahead of time. So yes, now my brain has filled in all the holes. Yeah, yeah, we do that for sure. Absolutely. Uh, it's one of the reasons when we're sharing evidence with each other, we don't say... What we're... We, you don't want to lead them. Exactly. Like lead the witness, basically. Uh, but we... There was an investigation that my ghost hunting group had done uh, in the Seattle underground, in the old bathhouse. Right, and so you also are part of the Seattle Underground Tours, correct? Uh, Spooked in Seattle Spooked is the in company. Seattle yeah, so company. It's, it's, we uh, are not affiliated with the Underground Tours, but we have, sometimes we get access to do investigations. And now if anybody doesn't know what the Underground Seattle is, can you explain Ooh. that really quick? Because I, it was something I took the tour when I first moved here, mm-hmm. but I do think there's even people that live here that don't even know about it. It's really So it's like the town's built on top of the old town, basically. Uh, essentially. Uh, it pops up sometimes, like, in, in movies. Manifest is the most recent one. Or no, not Manifest. Um, Malignant, that was it. Uh, mm-hmm. The James Wan film where they, they show the Seattle Underground, but it's not what the Seattle Underground looks right, like Right, but they, like, make it cool for they the movie. They make it so yeah, cool. Yeah. I was, I, when I was in the theater watching it, I was, like, throwing popcorn, being like, that's not correct. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm that asshole. But right. um, the, so the, we burned the city down in 1889. Okay. Not everybody knows that. We burned it down. Uh, we had some problems. We burned it down. There was a. We burned it down for a certain. I can't remember. The... <laughs> a guy, uh, he was an apprentice cabinet maker, mm-hmm. and he was, he was heating glue up, and the glue boiled over. It caught fire. And because he didn't know any better, he threw water on it. Ah, so it was like a total accident. Total accident. But burned the whole town down. Burned everything down. It was like 100 and, uh, 120 acres. It was downtown at that point. It was, yeah. it was most of downtown proper. What is now Pioneer Square. Yeah. And uh, when we rebuilt the city, you know, we'd had all these problems with flooding. Mm -hmm. And there was also an issue with the sewage pipes that went right into the water. Oh, that's right. It used to just run right into the water. Well, and if the tide came in and you're sitting on your toilet and what's it would just like mountains of sewage and seawater. Yeah. Uh, So when we were when it came time to start rebuilding which they did almost immediately they were like you know what maybe maybe there's something better we could do than just go back to what we had so they built a seawall yeah. to raise the city up but the process took so long that you had businesses rebuilding at sea level because they had to yes because you can't wait for years and years and years to rebuild right so what we ended up with and what's what i think is really interesting about the seattle underground specifically is that it's not tunnels Mm -hmm. a lot of people think it's all these like caverns or catacombs it's pockets yeah it's it's where the sidewalks used to be and where there's almost like a basement level Mm -hmm. and some businesses in pioneer square actually use it as part of their business some use it for storage uh there's the jnm cafe and card room um, which closed you could a make years a cool ago. speakeasy out of that or something. They, right? well, what's funny is that there are a couple. Yeah. And during Prohibition, the Rum Runners used to stash booze oh, down yeah. in the underground. Okay. Yeah. So like they made they made very good use of it. Yes. Uh, and it was and Pioneer Square was also you know that's where the original Skid Row was. Mm-hmm. This was where all of if you went south of Skid Row, this is where all of the prostitution and the gambling and the drugs and all, all the, the fun stuff. All the fun stuff yeah, was exactly. there. Huh? Yeah. Uh, so it, it has this really like cool history that also lends itself to a lot of spirits. Yes. Yeah. Because that I mean when you were on that tour, it was it did definitely have a vibe or a feel to it, and. It was like what they used to like 
So they had started building the new, but then like there was all those, you know, still the old stuff because like mm-hmm. you said, they had to keep running their. Bi- so like they would just like climb over ladders, right, to yeah. like get to the next side and stuff. They, like they built the streets first before yeah. they built the sidewalks up, and so. To cross the street, you'd have to go up a ladder, cross, and go back down. I know, that's so wild, It was like wild, yeah. Super Mario Brothers or something. I know. <laughs> uh, well, and what's crazy, too, is like the Great Seattle Fire, there's no recorded humans dying. That's weird. But when they were building the city up, 17 people died falling from the streets <sighs> to the sidewalks. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Maybe drunk. We don't, I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> probably oh, leaving the pub. Got a little too drunk, and I couldn't climb over the wall. Couldn't yeah, climb yeah. over the wall. Thought I could do it. Missed that last one. Boom. I went back down. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that? Like, you're just, like, partying, and then you got to climb this big-ass ladder, and then you're up there, and you're like, oh, shit. You just fall. Like, <laughs> I got to get back down. Or, like, imagine losing a loved one for that reason. You'd be like... Really? You know, like... <laughs> so I don't want to put that on their gravestone. That's just embarrassing for everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's we- that'd be a weird way to go. It'd be a super weird way Because it doesn't... Go. There would just seem like there's no reason. <laughs> you know, like... I, I got drunk and I fell down yeah. a little too far. <laughs> that's tragic, but... Yeah, that's wild, though. Yeah. And I wonder how long was it like that before... Oh, it took... Uh... Lots of years. It took a good, like, decade or so, yeah. if not more. Well, because you also then had uh, they, the the hills in Seattle, which are fairly epic. Yes. They used to be worse. Yeah. Yeah, they shaved them down. Okay. Uh, and so there was that going on, too. They started bringing some of the hills down as they started populating further up. Right. Um, and they were building the streetcar, because we used to actually have a really impressive streetcar system. Really? Yeah, then they invented cars. Well, cars were invented, but then cars But they started becoming more popular Mm -hmm. and affordable and everything. Okay. So they tore everything up to encourage people to buy cars instead. Oh. Which is, like, sad. So they actually got rid of the streetcars to encourage... So it was, like, kind of the industry did it. Oh, industry, absolutely. They probably paid somebody off to, like, yeah, yeah. And now we're back in the situation of the city's gotten too big, so they're trying to expand... The light rail and the public yeah. transportation, and it's a mess because it's too crowded and populated, and and traffic's it is horrible. Crazy. Oh, it's crazy. So worst. you just basically do all public transport, right? You you don't even try to drive. Here. Uh, like, no, well, because where I live, I live in First Hill, mm-hmm. uh, technically, but I'm I'm right off downtown. It's probably kind of fun living in the city. Oh, it's though. great. I I love. I as an adult, I've always lived. In cities, I lived in in Manhattan. I lived in London, and then I yeah. moved to Seattle. Uh, and I grew up in Redmond, so I grew up local. And how was London? Oh, I loved London. That was pretty cool. That was really cool. That was uh, I was in grad school then, and that was sort of what took I'd say the paranormal obsession. I was from... gonna say if you're gonna run into like a vampire or something, I feel like it's in London. It's gonna be in London, like uh, some sexy vampire or something, oh, yeah. like uh, very very pale Tom Cruise looking dude or something. No. <laughs> I always go back to that movie, you know. It's a, it's a good one. I mean, I will say, because Tom Cruise, I can take or leave most times, but he does do a very good Lestat in that film. Yeah, that dude is crazy. Yeah. Um, what was I looking? I, I think it was like Eyes Wide Shut was on mm. Netflix, and I'd never seen it, and I'm a big Stanley Kubrick fan. Yeah. So I had to check it out, and I was just like floored by Tom Cruise. Like, that dude... Uh, cause so, then I saw this video of him like singing in this like horrible movie where it was like, they were all played a bunch of rock stars. Oh, was but, that Rock of Ages? Yeah, yeah. But I was like, Tom Cruise can sing too. 
I'm like, that's not even fair, you know? Like He's funny, too. Like, I hate to give him that credit. Well, when he put those big funny. hands on in that movie and yeah. he's like, take, you know, take two steps back and literally fuck your own face. Yeah. Or like, what was that movie? Uh, Tropic Thunder? Tropic Thunder, yeah. Dude, he's so funny in that movie. Yeah, so it's like, it's not fair. Whatever he did. Yeah. He sold his soul to the devil or like... Um, he still looks like he's like 30. And, yeah, he yeah. hasn't aged. Yeah. There's all these rumors that he is a vampire. I would believe it. literally hasn't aged yeah. at all. I mean, he has, but like but you barely can barely, tell. Yeah. Barely. Uh, like him and Nick Cage. I'm like, you two are some kind of immortal yeah. creature. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. But no, so like my buddy's really big into movies. He's kind of like a little movie critic, you know, or he thinks he is. I don't know. But he's a big <laughs> TC fan, so mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. No, I... I, I, the Scientology stuff, I'm like, eh. but right, you just ignore that. I try to. Like I, everybody you're into, you just ignore the stuff that so, bothers you. Yeah, <laughs> you know sometimes it's easier than other times. <laughs> right, they make it. Sometimes they make it super hard, but yeah, yeah. So he's into that Scientology stuff, but he's he's still one of the best. It, yeah. He, you know, and and he he does so many of the action movies, but the weird little stuff he does here and there, he's good and i hate it i'm like yeah damn it i want to dislike you so much but he's so good but you're good i know damn it tom cruise i know that's what i thought of when i when i saw him singing i was like who let him sing that good too like really come it's on rude yeah yeah and it was all those like 80s songs like he yeah was singing wanted dead or alive mm-hmm. you know bon jovi and it's like because it's uh it's based on a musical that was on broadway but it, uh, that it was like a jukebox sense. musical yeah yeah, yeah. It sounded very musical because, like, mm-hmm. it was um, uh, what was who was all in it? It was like, God, because so, I'm mixing up. I know when it was on Broadway, it was one of I'm the like American of, uh, Idol guys. But there's only one that was like a real musician, right? Like, um, yeah. God, what is her name? She's so good, and I can't think of it. Um, anyway, yeah. she, was, I, she was just at the Super Bowl. I feel bad for forgetting her name. But anyway, I was like, I was pretty floored by Tom Cruise. He, he kind of sounds like, um, sounds like he could be like an 80s hair metal. Yeah. Like he has that register and everything. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, he was uh, in the OG interview with the vampire. And mm-hmm. I remember watching that when I was a kid. So I feel like London is like where you'd run into some vampire or something you know when you have like you have jack the ripper you have you know what's funny is the case because i'm recording an episode of of ghoulish uh after this yeah so you have two podcasts today you have my podcast Mm -hmm. and then you're doing your own podcast right after which that's how you do it (laughs) that's how you do it yeah (laughs) but i'm actually covering a case um that's another london one from the 1960s okay and it was a serial killer it's unsolved they never caught the guy Right. And he has the unfortunate nickname of Jack the Stripper, mm. which he was thus named. He, he also killed sex workers, and he would strip them of their clothing. And that's why the name. Okay. And that's why the name. This, the papers started calling him Jack the Stripper because it's the 60s, and they were like, oh, this is catchy. We can sell papers if we kind of do this. And, and So the media was already doing that kind of stuff oh, back then. Yeah. They've been doing that kind of stuff forever. forever. Yeah. Uh but uh, now it's more commonly referred to as the Hammersmith nude murders. Okay. Um, which is mildly better. <laughs> uh, but it's it's one of those cases where it's like, I'm surprised more people don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he he killed somewhere between six to eight women that we know of. Right. But uh, 
as I've been going down the rabbit hole, because it's going to be a two-part episode, because it got so big. Really? Okay. Yeah. So when researching it, you just kept getting more and more. More and more. And, and sometimes we go into something knowing from the get-go, this is going to be a two-parter. Yes. Um, usually around Halloween, we deliberately try to do a two-parter of a bigger case. We've done yep. Lizzie Borden. We did the Amityville case. Yeah. Is, um, now, is that the one where the dude, like, it was like... In the house before the people that moved in there, like the son was like, oh, had all these issues with his parents Mm -hmm. and he was like buying up all these guns and stuff. And like he was working for his dad at this bank Mm -hmm. and then he like got caught because he made some deal with a guy like to to rob the, uh, and that was when his dad finally got mad at him. And then like that night he shot everybody. He he shot his whole family. Yeah. See, I knew I heard that the real story. And so that was kind of, I think I heard that on like Chris Jericho's podcast. So like, oh, yeah. it's so weird. So like Chris Jericho is a professional wrestler yeah. and he has a podcast, but his is very eclectic. Yeah. So he does a lot of like, he'll do these paranormal episodes like this, like some true crime stuff. And then like, you know, tons of wrestlers, yeah. mus- musicians, albums, like all that stuff. But I don't know. That's, uh, it, it was probably where I heard that, but that was crazy. It's a bonkers case. Well, and Chris Jericho, because he pops up uh, in some horror stuff, in some really? horror films. He has guested on The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, which I'm a big fan of. Okay. Uh, so he's he's pretty tuned into a lot of those he's things. He's into that stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 But the, the DeFeo murders and the, the two-part, the first episode I covered... The murders themselves, the DeFeo murders, which was, you know, he killed his entire family, tried to, to pin it on his sister. Yeah. Uh, and then the second episode, we covered the haunting. So that was the the one that the book and movie are based on? Yes. And is that just something they just made up yes. and it was all bullshit? It is absolute bullshit. But they knew that somebody died in the house before, so yes. they're like, how can we cash in on this? How can we cash in on this? Let's write a book. And you had, you know... Um, it turned into an awesome movie and everything. Oh yeah, right? movie's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And and as a as a piece of folklore, it's great. Yeah. Uh, but you had like Ed and Lorraine Warren were involved in that. It got a lot of publicity. But so that's the skeptic in you. Uh, you, you figured out like you, you did enough research on it where, because that's what I think of when I think of Amityville Horror is like, the the if you, you want more, okay. Gonna, <laughs> I do have to record another one. Yeah, yeah. We can't get you too drunk. <laughs> so. That fam, like obviously the original murders happened, mm-hmm. and then I feel like that family moved in, knew about it, and they were like, got creative. Let's cash in. Yeah. And what's really sad is, I believe it was the youngest son. Uh, it was a little bit ago that I watched this documentary. He did a documentary. It's I think my Amityville horror because yeah. he he is one hundred percent convinced everything that happened happened. Okay. And the, the well, thing he was is, young. His he parents were telling him all this stuff yeah. happened. You know, like. And he was so traumatized and messed up by everything that happened. And, and you're watching this and you just feel awful for this guy who's never been able to move on. Yeah. And it's, His whole life is this one his thing. His whole life is this one thing. And the Amityville case at this point is like a well-documented hoax. It's, it's, yeah. There's no dispute in anyone's mind. So anybody serious knows it's just a, It is yeah. absolutely 100% was a hoax. Even the, the people who've lived there since then are like, eh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, we're not seeing anything. Yeah, yeah. But there's 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 stuff on record that you know it, it was absolutely one hundred percent a hoax, mm-hmm. and and a, a chance to make money. Which again, power to you. Make money how you need to make money. Zach Baggins does it all the time. <laughs> right, right. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Uh, but it, it's it's a it's a really interesting case because it you have some of these cases. Well, so um, the Enfield Poltergeist. It's another mm-hmm. episode we did. Uh, is some people might be familiar of with the second Conjuring movie. Yeah, it's the case they cover there. Okay. There's some aspects of the movie that actually nail it dead on. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed and Lorraine Warren were actually not involved at almost at all. They were there for like a day. That's it. Okay. But the the girl channeling the old man. Yes. You can find the audio of it. Uh, we we put it on our episode, but you can youtube it yeah it's trippy man listening to her it's so creepy the voice coming out of her and you could argue that she's manipulating her vocal cords or whatever but yeah i mean the only you could think like did she hear that somewhere and she was re that's the weird thing you don't know like you don't know yeah yeah. but uh i will say that the enfield case is one more than most where i look at and i say Something was going on. I think something was probably going on here. The the girls, because there was a couple children, uh, and the girls admitted to faking a few things, but also they're kids. Kids, yeah. And when you're being asked, like, they had all these investigators around them, they had all these reporters around them, and when you're being asked to, like, essentially perform all the time, yeah, yeah at some point I'm, I'm 12 years old and I'm going to pull shit because I want to be left alone for a little bit. So researching that case is one of the ones where I was like, I could see this, maybe not everything that got reported, but some of this stuff is really weird and I don't have an explanation for it. Right. Um, you, you look at Amityville, you're like, oh. uh, I did yeah. a two-parter on Lizzie Borden and I kind of had a similar like. Now, who's Lizzie Borden? Why do I, I know the name, oh, but I don't know the story. She took an axe and gave her father 40 wax. And when she saw what she had done, she gave her mother 41. I may have reversed that. She may or may not have killed her parents yes and it was a very notorious case she was arrested for the murder of her her father and stepmother uh she was acquitted she was found not guilty okay but it haunted her the rest of her life oh and so wait she like doesn't remember doing it or what like she claims that somebody else did it and i've always kind of pre-researching the episode i've always been in the camp of well of course she did it Right. Of course. Because there was... Who else could have done it? Yeah. I will say, researching the case, there was a couple books I read that brought up some interesting points mm-hmm. about timelines. And, well, if she did it, you know, it's the, the turn of the century. Like, she would have... She should have had blood just soaking. Like, she... Oh, yeah. The, yeah, they were hatcheted, like, a dozen times each. So, really... Because she wouldn't have had, like, a shower to clean up. No, or like, no. Yeah. And and you've got, like, as a woman, you're wearing dresses and petticoats and layers that and layers just of been corsets. And, yeah. Doused in blood. You would have been doused in blood. And so, the one of the points that gets brought up a lot is if she did it, how did she, she would have had to totally get naked mm-hmm. take and then grab the axe murder him somehow clean up and then yeah and one of the theories is she committed the murders naked yeah well that's the only thing when you said like the the dressing you're right because that people used to wear a lot of layers back mm-hmm. in the day mm-hmm. and that's the only thing i could think of but it's like but that is weird because there's like 
what how many female serial killers are there? it's really rare not as rare as you would think. There's more than we think, aren't There's there? There's more than you would think. That we don't get talked about. Do you know much. the one I really, uh, I don't know a lot about it, but I kind of looked it up. Was that one from um, American Horror Story? That uh, uh, what? It, what was her name? The actress that played her. And oh, uh, the French. Kathy. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm. Um, we Ma- did an episode Mademoiselle, on uh, yes. whatever, Marie Laveau? Uh, no. Yeah, uh, uh, oh, I, I did an episode on her. It was one of the first episodes. But yeah, she was like a New Orleans uh, socialite and everything. And they, they had kind of been known for like mistreating their slaves and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, and everybody had slaves back then. So it's like, well, you know, whatever. But like, so you know it had to be bad because like the townspeople finally like went in and like got her out of her house and, like, burnt her house down and stuff. So, like, these are people that have slaves themselves, but she was so terrible she, to she her slaves extra. that they were like, we got to stop her from, like... So, like, even people that literally probably were, like, beating... They oh, had sure. slaves yeah. themselves. It was so terrible what she was doing that they went in and stopped her and, like, kicked her out well, and burnt her house down to save the slaves, basically. What I will say, because I, I, I researched... She was one of the first episodes we did, or I did, was on her. Yeah. Um, and this is another instance of how I call it the boogeyman effect. Yeah. Uh, the history of what she did. She was a horrible woman. Absolutely. It got blown out of proportion. So much of what got reported was not true. She did horrible things and all by itself, we should just be like, yep, let's just focus on the real horrible things. We don't need to make them worse because she's already horrible. Uh, she did some really awful things. It was nowhere near the legend that has become associated. Because like by the time you get to American Horror Story, she's oh, like no, yeah. putting like children's blood on yeah. her face to yeah. stay young, yeah. and she's like got that dude up there with the 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 bull head yeah, the, on. The and crab, like, the crab boy, I think, was a big. Oh one my gosh! She, yeah. yeah, she had all these like which pe- didn't didn't happen. None of that happened. Yeah, all that seemed yeah. a little too crazy. I think she was just probably a little nasty, and oh, then yeah. like. I think some a young girl ended up dying, and that's yeah. when the townspeople were like, "All right, that's it. We can't ignore this." This is yeah. But she wouldn't be considered a serial killer. Um, okay. Belle Gunnis is one I, I covered her recently. She's a personal favorite of mine. I'm gonna have to look that up. I've never oh, heard of her. Oh, she's fantastic. She uh, she used to. She was from Norway. Came to the. She came to Chicago first, and uh, married a man. Okay. And uh, he had a life insurance policy on him. Mm. And the policy was expiring. So they were getting a new one because they didn't like that one. They wanted a different one. Now, the two life insurance policies overlapped by one day. Okay. Wouldn't you know it? On that one day where he was covered by two life insurance policies, he would suffer some kind of episode and died. Yeah. And when the doctors came, they were like, well, it could have been poison, but maybe it was his heart. I don't know. It's probably fine. Yeah. So she got a payout. She got married again. Mm-hmm. Moved, bought this little farm, moved to this little farm. And uh, then one night, her husband suffered a horrible accident, and a meat grinder fell on his head. So this is another husband. This is another husband, yeah. And she's just hysterical, because this is just, I mean, who would have thought this meat grinder just fell on his head? How tragic. Oh, that's too bad, yeah. It's so sad. She was just beside herself. So that's husband number two. Yeah. So then she starts putting ads in the paper. You for know, a new husband? For new people to come, comely widow with a farm and a bunch of children she kept collecting who sometimes disappeared. It was fine. Uh, 
And and so these men, mostly Scandinavian men, mostly Norwegian men, were coming out and the townspeople would see these men coming through and she'd say some of them were her cousins and sometimes they were new farmhands. Yeah. They never stayed that long. And then they would just disappear. And they'd disappear. And this went on for a while and she was finally, she was starting to get some attention thrown on her because of a, a man who had disappeared and a right. farmhand she'd had an affair with was talking around town like, mm, maybe we should start asking what happened to so-and-so. Oh, so he knew something was going on. He knew something was going on. So then her house burnt down mm-hmm. and her children were killed in the fire. And she had how many children? Uh, how many were killed at that point? Jesus. She'd had a lot of children. She'd killed some of them already at this point. This, I think it was two... Oh. I think there was two children... Uh, who died in the fire itself. She'd killed a stepdaughter of hers. They found the body in the yard later. What a horrific life. Oh, but like they found the body of a headless woman and they assumed it was her. Except the height didn't seem to match. So to this day... So it's almost like she tried to like uh, fake her own death. The popular theory is she she killed her kids, faked her death, threw it all suspicion on the the farmhand and peaced out. With all this money she'd been getting from all of these guys. And is that what it was about was money? Or do you think mm. she got like a taste for killing people or like... I think it was a little bit of both. So when you look at serial killers... It's a thing she got away with so she wanted to entice to do it again. Well, and, and for a lot of serial killers, not all, there's a sexual component to it. Yeah. Now, it's unusual for female serial killers to have a if sexual If it's a component. man, it's 100% a sexual <laughs> thing. I mean, let's just it's be like honest. 90%, yeah, 90%. Yeah. It's 90%. It's, there, are, there are those outliers. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, I read this great article once that compared it to, like, male serial killers are hunters, female serial killers are gatherers. In that uh. they, like, male serial killers go out and they find victims. Female serial killers, it's... They bring people in. It's their their lovers, their husbands, their trusting. children, trusting. They get caretaking. people to trust them. Yeah, because yeah. you have all of these mercy killers that yeah. are often women who kill people in their care and they think they're doing something good. Yeah. So I think for her it started off purely as money. But there, some of her kills, like some of the people she killed, she was dismembering and feeding to the pigs. Oof. And especially the dismemberment. Like, there's, I mean, yes, it could just be she was Norwegian and very pragmatic. Well, we need to get rid of these bodies somehow. Let's dismember them. I need protein for my pigs. I need protein for my pigs. And and then they won't find anything. But there's also this, this, you have to ask yourself, was she enjoying the dismembering of the bodies? Did that become a part of it? So uh, she's fascinating. And she's one of those serial killers where I'm like, if she was a man... Everyone be a would huge know. Story. Everyone would know her name. Yeah, like there'd be some series on Netflix oh, about her. Absolutely. So I would say the only, you know, the only really famous female serial killer that got that kind of attention is the one Charlize Theron. Oh, played. monster! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I can't I remember. Mean, uh, Warren, yeah, Warnos or no, yeah, something like that. But she's, I mean, she's the biggest one as far as like they've done a movie about her. Mm-hmm. You know, like. But and you're she was right. more contemporary a little bit too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like that wasn't that long ago. Yep. Yeah. There's the the thing is is that when you start going down the rabbit hole, there's so many female serial killers. And in history, some of the original serial killers recorded were women. Yeah. It's a group of women that were poisoning people. Oh my god. And so we just uh, partially because poison, poison was always a preferred method of a lot of female serial killers. And it's not quite as You think it's because you said the men are more like the stalking hunting. It's like 
people get like more into that story because it's the idea that this creepy person is out there like you know waiting to stalk his kill it's a little like yeah it's the boogeyman yeah it's like the it's like a monster it's a monster and it's a cautionary tale and yeah. i think we know what to do i think we know what to do with like forgive this statement but like a predatory man we know that story we know right. this idea and it of... becomes exciting watching it almost yeah, like, yeah there's a titillation to it and it's going back to like jack the ripper how sensationalized it was i know it's weird because that's like almost like it's like almost an attraction to him. Oh, it's absolutely. Yeah. Well, and H.H. H. Holmes is one I always find really fascinating. He's an American serial killer, but he's another one where the legend of H.H. H. Holmes has surpassed the truth. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, he he operated in Chicago during the World's Fair back in the turn of the century, and he's one where people talk about his, like, house of horrors and murder, and none of it's true. Well, it all ends up becoming, like... Um... A money-making thing. Yes. Because there's money in, in it. It's like, I mean, why is Netflix doing all these documentaries? Oh, yeah, yeah. The Dahmer. Because it's like the, it's yeah. like a fun, it's like horror movies. They're fun mm-hmm. for a reason. Like, we like being scared. So I think there's just, and so I think even before we had, like, modern, uh, like, Netflix and streaming and all that, like, I still think there was, like, pro- I mean, probably, like, I'm sure, like, um not county fairs, but circuses and all oh, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, the free shows. Do, doing and, fun mm-hmm. stuff like that, mm-hmm. like you know, the, the murderous whoever. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like exciting. It's it's There's something about it. It's a thrill. We're drawn to a thrill. It's like a yeah. roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and, I mean, the same way we've always told ghost stories around the fire and scary stories around yeah. the campfire, this is an extension of that. Right. Uh, and, and I think it's part of why so many of these early ones do kind of become boogeymen because mm-hmm. it's 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 one more demon it's one more scary story to tell and, and then he, as the story gets repeated people add a little flair every time exactly it's a giant game of I'm gonna telephone make he, oh he's the best at telling the story because yeah. he probably adds a little like mm-hmm. yeah what are some of those like the hook man the couple in the oh, car yeah, like yes. there's all these ones mm-hmm. and you got to think they've been around for like Ever. Yeah. Like these same stories, it's wild how long they've been around. And they evolve a little bit or they change with the times, yeah. but the core of it is still the same. It's fun how like a scary, like one of my favorite scary stories, uh, the artist Shooter Jennings did it. It was, um, so it's like an old one from a book, but he did it on a vinyl and he did it like where oh. you, so like, I, uh, what's it, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like, I don't want to ruin it. I think it's called The Magic. So you like read it and it's like, you don't know what's going to happen, but it kind of like brings you into the story. Oh, that's cool. And then it's like, by the time you're done reading it, you're like, fuck. Because it's like, you really, I mean, yeah, I don't want to ruin like the fun part of it, but read the magic. It's pretty dope. The end of it is like, oh shit. Like you just like, it fucks you up because like the whole story, I mean, you're like part of the story. Yeah, yeah. And it's like weird how it, how it gets you into it. I love that. Yeah. You should check that out. It's a fun one, but he did it on a vinyl, which was, so he had, it was a little different and it had like eerie music behind it. It like set the mood. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So you got to be alone in a room too, by yourself with the door closed. Okay. And then you read it and yeah, you'll, you'll get it. You'll get it. Okay. But, uh, yeah, that was a good one. So I think there's something about it, being scared, and then, like, horror movies, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just fun. It's fun. And it's, it's like, I was a kid that grew up watching horror movies yeah. and reading the uh, scary stories to tell in the dark books. Mm-hmm. Remember those books? Yeah. So I was a huge fan of those books, and I remember 
they were in the library and mm-hmm. you would like be scared going to look for them. Like, oh my god. The illustrations. Yeah, and then oh. they they uh, actually got outlawed for a while. Such a bummer. So too. parents like freaked out about those. So like, the weird thing about scary stories to tell in the dark is like. They were great stories, but mm-hmm. whoever they hired, the guy that did the illustrations, mm-hmm. you know, and now they've made those into movies. Like, I mo- think, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, the illustrations were what got you as a kid because yeah. they were so off-putting. They were so off, but, like, delightful. In a good way. So, yeah. In a good way. Like, they, were, they, they wouldn't be the same without it, you mm-hmm. know. I still remember those. I remember, like, staying at my aunt and uncle's house, and, like, they had a... It was, like, the room upstairs, and they lived out in the country, so, like, kind of the wooded area. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was always, it was such a fun time to go hang out with them and stay there overnight, you know, and everything. It was before they had kids. We always had fun doing it, but, like, so then when you'd stay there, you'd sleep in this room with, like, a wide open window, and it showed, like, the, the outside and, like, the woods. Mm. And it was, like, there was one story in there where, like, this, like, vampire came through the window and, like, got this person. I can't remember the story. It's, like, they saw the eyes far away and then it got closer, closer and closer. Closer and closer. Finally came yes. through the window and then she, like, I think she got away from it. I don't remember what happened, but I just remember, like, that wide open window. I was, like, I wish there were blinds on this window. Like, that's all I need to feel safe, just blinds. I just need it. I just to... don't want to see the woods. Like, what if there's something coming out after me? But, um... I do remember, like, you'd go in the library, and you'd go look for those books, and it was kind of like you're scared to even, like, you felt like you were doing something naughty even having them. And that anticipation, and that little bit, that adrenaline that But then you read them, it was great. Yeah. And it's it's such a great, because, you know, I make uh, horror films with teenagers. Right, so you direct some horror films. I direct some horror films. Is this just, like, B-movie stuff, like, fun, for fun, or, like... It's it's so kids that are learning how to make films basically. It's a, a program I do through a local youth theater. Okay, uh, sick. That's youth, awesome. It's great. It's Youth Theater Northwest, and we um this we just finished our fifth year. Yeah. And uh, we basically we uh, our last couple of years we've hired a screenwriter who's another alumni of the theater, mm-hmm. and she's written she's a professional screenwriter in Hollywood. Right. Uh, she just won an Emmy for Muppet Babies, which I'm telling everyone. Wait, she's Muppet amazing. Babies? She writes for Muppet Babies. They, they brought that back. <laughs> they brought that back. I, I used to watch that show when I was a kid. Yeah, right. No, yeah. they brought it back, and she writes for it. But she's an alum of the theater, so she uh, writes our scripts, uh-huh. and um. So I direct the the teens, and it's every you know it's it's all different kinds of styles. We did one last year that was about a killer hairbrush. Mm, so kind of fun, like low budget movies. Low like budget where you movies. Get to be really creative. And... Yeah, we we entered one of our ones from last year was kind of a found footage one called Will You that was a, a promposal gone wrong. Okay. And we entered it in a couple local festivals and it got accepted and super fun. Yeah. It's it's just really fun and it's it's the kids get to see like they get to try filmmaking they get to see you know what it's like acting in front of a camera instead of yeah. on stage, uh, but they also just get you know i get these kids who are like i'm scared of horror films and then they get to experience what it's like to be doused in the fake blood and have to scream over and over and well that's what i was gonna say who is your like uh special effects department because that's got to be fun it's fun trying to come up with like cheap creative ways to like covid put a damper on things yeah i'm sure we hit a point where the extent of what I could do was was a lot of just, like, throw blood on them. But yeah. I had a student last year and this year, and she's fantastic. She had to, she got scalped by the hairbrush. So we did this whole, like, 
fake skin line yeah. around and then added blood to be dripping down. That's crazy. So it looked like the hairbrush was like scalping. Yeah, I, lo I love those old school horror movies like oh, where, the with the, the bad special effects, yeah. but they were good at the yeah. time because like it was like... And, yeah. yeah. I'm even like, you know, the old Freddy Krueger stuff. Oh, yeah. You look at how they did some of that mm -hmm. stuff. It's mm -hmm. crazy. The original Nightmare on Elm Street, one of my favorite moments, or not Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Friday the 13th, where Kevin Bacon, this is a spoiler alert, if nobody's seen this movie, ah, they, came these out 40-something years ago, I'm sorry, um, where he gets the uh, arrow through the neck. Oh, yeah. And watching them break down how they did that, uh, where they, they, you know, you see him lying on the bed and blood drips on his face, and they cut away for a moment, and when they cut back, it was a dummy with his face in, <laughs> and they're pushing the arrow up from below, and it had a blood pack so it would bleed everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's crazy I how creative they it. got. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's so theatrical, too, so you have to appreciate that. There was... um. Have you ever seen that movie Sleepaway Camp? Yes. Yeah, the, <laughs> the ending of that is so weird. Yes. I mean, it's like you watch it, and then you look back, it doesn't really make sense, because it's like, all of a sudden... I'm jacked, yeah, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. All of a sudden, I'm an obvious body double. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was still that scene is creepy at the end. Just the look on coming? the face. Nobody. 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 Yeah. And there was something about just that that weird, like, look on her face. Just yeah. that. Kind of haunting, too. That yeah, it was. Like... I think the image worked there. Yeah. Even though, like you said, like, the whole movie, you know, she has a girl's body. And then, yeah. But... And, the, and it's played by an actress. Like, right, Rose, right. who's amazing. But we don't but... know she was hiding her gains under, you know. That's true. She was know. hiding the muscles underneath, you know, like, and then at the end, it's just like, I, I think that's a good one. I like some of those old, cheaper, like, B-movies, but what, do you have any favorites? Like, I mean, I grew up watching, like, the old B-movies, so I like, there's a movie called Squirm that I okay. love. It's Killer Worms. Oh, my God. And it's ridiculous, but there's, there's this part where they, Killer like. Killer Worms? Like, but, like, the, they're, it's in the South, so it's the, I didn't know these worms actually existed. Okay. These worms have teeth. They're like ones they use for fishing. And uh, there's this part where they like invade this guy's face. So then he's Eat running around. His face. With, yeah, and he's and they're controlling him, so he's like a puppet and it's I, I saw that when I was a kid and it's always stuck, stuck with, with me. You. Yeah, you you never forget those things. <laughs> you from never when forget you're a kid. that stuff. That is the weird thing about horror movies. Like they, they leave an impression on you. you Absolutely. Especially the early ones you see. Well, I was even young, like, when the first Scream came out, and I yeah. still remember, like, that was one of the first, like, horror movies. I watched it with my parents. Mm -hmm. My sister, maybe, she was probably already asleep, maybe too young, I can't remember. But I just remember, like, holy shit, that scared the shit out of me. But it was also, like, that was where they were turning to more, like, that was such a good movie in the sense of, like... It was managed to be like scary, suspenseful, but also like make fun of horror movies. Yeah, that sort of. meta horror, that yeah. self-awareness. That was genius by that dude, I feel oh, like. Oh, uh, Wes Craven, like to go from Freddy Krueger. Which was already getting kind of hokey at the which time. Which was getting kind of, like the original movie, he's great. He's great. He's like, he's scary. Yeah. And then he kind of becomes like almost bitchy and just like this sort of, lots of punchlines, lots of, oh, yeah. you know, and, and it's fun, but it's Still not scary. fun to watch, but Still fun to not watch. scary. No. Not scary. Um, one of the thing, I remember the first time I saw Scream, I was in my friend's basement mm -hmm. and I was, maybe I was in high school. We were watching it and, um... There was a bunch of us, the lights were all off, and at some point, one of the guys snuck out, 
had a ghost face mask, went around to the window. Yeah. And at like a climac- climactic, climactic yeah. moment, he just started pounding on the window. I feel like you just described every teenager who's <laughs> ever lived did that. Like, if you're a guy, some guy's going to do that during the it's horror like, movie. This is like, going to be so funny. I'm going to sneak out, bro, and I'm going to scare everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, check this out. And he did. Yeah. <laughs> we screamed so loud. Well, it was just the idea, like, you know, that movie was like, it was like your peers could like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it was like. It was just murder, you know? It's mm-hmm. like they're savagely murdering people. And very loosely inspired by a real case. Really? The Gainesville Ripper. Yeah, mm. it was a, a killer out of... So I, I didn't know that part. Yeah, yeah, very, very loosely. I think Kevin Williamson, who wrote the screenplay, had seen some media coverage uh, on the Gainesville Ripper, uh, uh, Danny Rowling, and was inspired to do this. You okay. know, what if this guy was going around, you know, this this pair of killers was going around doing doing these horrific Yeah, because it's weird how, like, yeah. horror movies, usually they take from, like, different mm-hmm. real cases, right? Like, yeah. you got, like, like uh, Silence of the Lambs is, like, Ed Gain Ed or Gain, whatever. And, and also Texas Chainsaw Massacre, same thing. Was Ed Gain as mm-hmm. well. So, like, mm-hmm. I remember we had a teacher, um, I can't remember her name, but she like had us read this like Ed Gain thing because she was really into it. As like, I'm like, dang. I mean, I wonder if she was like, maybe you shouldn't be so having us kids read this stuff. Maybe, but maybe not child appropriate. It's but like there's know. like a bowl of vulvas and all this. Like it was yeah. like some weird. There's a nipple belt. Yeah, like he was just taking old ladies out of the cemetery, basically yeah. digging up old ladies yeah. who had just died of natural causes, and he had some weird fixation. He was just like taking their body parts. And then he did end up killing real women. He killed a couple women. Uh, but he was into the skin thing. Like, he yeah. had chairs, like, covered in skin. And yeah. You got, that's in so many movies. One, and, because uh, uh, the, there was even, I want to say, um, even, Psycho had, there was a little of, of Oh, definitely, uh, with the mom with thing. Because yeah. it was something with his mom, like, older, mm-hmm. he was something with older women. He had a thing, and I think it was his mom, if I'm remembering right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's, it's. It's it's so messed up all by itself. It's so messed up. You take something like that, and I think that was in the Midwest, which actually that makes sense. Yeah, only, yeah, it was Only it. the Midwest could be like, because I'm from the Midwest. Okay, I was going to say, are you from the Midwest? Yeah, it's like, they're just that bored, you know, like, and then the weird stuff. I don't know. But anyways, um, but you take like the two elements, so you get like the, the guys eating, mm-hmm, eating mm-hmm. body parts. Right. And... So they turned, the, I mean, and so was, uh, what's his name? The Dahmer, right? He was eating stuff. Too. Dahmer was, Dahmer was consuming a lot of his victims. Yeah. So like they take that and they turn that into like Hannibal Lecter, which sure. is like the weirdest serial killer character. Cause he's like, <laughs> you end up like, if you've ever read the books, you basically root for him. Oh yeah. I he's mean, so you're charismatic. Like, he's yeah. like the one you end up like, like he's almost like the one you want to see succeed in the, especially the final like Hannibal book. Like. Yeah, well, in the in the new series too. I don't know if you saw the. the oh, Hannibal. I loved that series. I was I'm, obsessed with. They it. really made that good. They changed stuff up, but they made they style it. The weirdest part about that series though was uh, you're talking about the NBC one, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that the the actors were also good, even like mm-hmm. the Mason Verger, like oh, yeah. Cornell. Remember that dude, like. <laughs> Just like, I, I love that movie, too, with the dude. Like, he's like, call now. Yeah, like, I can't remember. Like, he's like, I think we were, I have this, like, group with my friends where mm-hmm. we, like, always text about, like, political stuff or whatever. But, like, Mitch McConnell definitely kind of looks like and Mason, <laughs> Mason Verger. Like, ah, yeah. I had never, that had never occurred to me now, and now I cannot 
visualize him in any other way. Well, he looks like that dude from Pan's Labyrinth with yeah, the hands. With the hands. He looks like that dude, and he looks like Cordell. <laughs> I can't Mason Verger, yeah. Who basically, yeah. Anyways, but um, yeah, the weird thing is like, oh, so that NBC series. Mm-hmm. It was crazy because it was so well done. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Loved how they pulled Will Graham more into it than, mm-hmm. than was even in the books. I actually liked how they took liberties with it and made it their own thing. Yeah. I already know the original story. And, you know, the Red Dragon movie was great. with um, Yeah. So those were all true to the book. So that was great. So I liked that they did that. But it was crazy. Like, when they, when they would have him cook, they filmed it like you're watching, like, the Food Network food porn. Yeah. So, like... It was weird because they made everything look so good. You're like, damn, that looks good. It's and a then cooking you're like, show now. You're like, oh, shit, but he's cooking, like, human body parts. Like, why are they making this look so – you know how they film it on, like, Food Network where it's oh, yeah. all so enticing? Like, that's what they did it's on that beautiful. show. It's beautiful. It's art. And they would have the elegant music in the background yeah. and everything. And, and you've really... got, like, Mads Mickelson who just looks good. Well, he just looks great. Yeah, like, he's... I'm cooking. I'm flinging things. I agree. Yeah. It was, like, too much. I'm like, I feel like I'm watching the Food Network, but he's, like, cooking someone's leg or some yeah. shit. Like, like, but I would eat this. Oh. I know. It's like, damn, that looks good. Oh, what is it again? Oh, he cooked a human. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> but he was rude, so, you know, eat well, the rude, I guess. Right. He That was the thing with Hannibal Lecter. Like, he didn't just eat people. Yeah. Like, they usually, and that's what, that's why he was became, like, you almost were rooting for him, because in the book and the movies, they turned it into, like, they made you really dislike the people he killed mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the Silence of the Lambs, there was some just innocent bystander police who sure. just got killed that didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. When and, he made his escape. And, but yeah. then, like, when they got into Hannibal and said they made it much more like he was – the people you wanted – like, they seemed like they had it coming. Yeah. Almost like Dexter style. Yeah. Where you were just, like, rooting for him by the end, you know, and then – um I know in the book, Hannibal, anyway, like, basically they end up together, like, yeah. in love. Yeah. Which I was like, okay. <laughs> Whose fan fiction did you read? And they, they didn't put that in the movie with Julianne no, Moore. But, no. like, that's how they end up. Like, mm-hmm. they end up together mm-hmm. in love. Hannibal Lecter and Clarice, so. Are the lambs still screaming? But, Clarice? so, they, they take him, so they take cannibalism, make him, and then they take the other thing of Ed Gain with, like, mm-hmm. the skin and everything, the and they make the, uh. Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill, the mm-hmm. classic, like. That's such a trip, that movie, too. Like, you know, like, Family Guy, Chris Griffin's voice is, like, based off of that, too. <laughs> I did not know that. Oh, yeah. So like, That's amazing. <laughs> basically, when they were doing Family Guy, they had um, Seth Green. Eddie, he basically, they wanted him to do a voice, and he was just doing Buffalo Bill. Like, that's would hysteria. you, oh, would you fuck me? Like, I can't even do it. Because that's Ted Levine, I think, who played the... That yeah, just that really yeah, deep yeah. voice. I can't do Chris Griffin, but... That's he said he was just doing the Ed or he was doing the uh, Buffalo Bill voice yeah, yeah. and that's what he ended up using that's for amazing. Chris Griffin. That's amazing. <sighs> I think they have some jokes in there where they like have you know lines from that movie or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome! I love. That. Well, and then it made that song like a classic from the like the scene where he's dancing around in the mirror. <gasps> yeah, what, what yeah. What is it? Something horses. Like, yeah, goodbye, he goodbye horses. Tucks in. He yeah, goodbye horses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to have a buddy. At the bar that I worked at, and like every night when we play the jukebox, he would put that song on just because he was cre- like creepy. I don't know. Did he want to see who would just like start yeah, dancing? Yeah, just start to him tucking being like, it back. And, I know what this means. Oh, it's so funny. But yeah, it was like, it was a good song. I yeah. Mean, just a, it's classic for that scene now. But those were great movies. Those were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, and even because, uh, you know, Jodie Foster was 
amazing in the first one. That's where it sucked that they didn't wait for her for the... She was filming something else. There was some kind of conflict. And they're like, well, we need to make it now. It's like, yeah. why didn't you just wait? Yeah. I mean, Julia Moore was, was, was fine. She's well, a very talented she's actress. Awesome, yeah. But you got to have the OG. I mean, what I like, I always felt like Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster had a really interesting chemistry. That maybe, well, I mean, was it so there with the other one or not? Not as much, maybe? It was different. I, because. The there was there was the the relationship between the two of them in the first film is really interesting to watch. It was magic, movie magic. I mean, yeah. it's gonna go down in history. It's probably like a protected movie under the you know like yeah yeah. It's like archive library of like, Congress yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I'm yeah sure. absolutely. Um, and I think in in the sequel, they actually have so few scenes together. That's true. Because most of it, they're kind of doing their own thing. He's got the whole thing happening in Italy. Right. And it's not till closer to the end. And even then, he's being held hostage and she's coming in. To, like, save him, basically. Yeah. And then she's kind of drugged up because she gets shot. Mm -hmm. So they don't really, other than that, that final scene in the kitchen... Yeah, our rest in peace to Ray Liotta too. Yeah, Aww. he was getting his brains eaten. He was getting in that his movie. brains eaten. Yeah. Oh, but you know he got them eaten so well. I believe. Yeah, he's a good. I love it. that dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they, yeah, they don't really have a whole lot of stuff together in that movie. So it's it's they, You're right not till the very end. Not basically. till the very end. Yeah. She kind of comes and saves him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And the then it's like, is he gonna cut her hand off or his? And then you see him on the plane and. He, like, feeds a kid brain. What a weird ending. They kind of <laughs> fucked the ending up. I think they were in the book, in the book, they did the ending where they end up together. Yeah. No one's hand gets cut no, off. Like, no. I don't know where they came up with that, but whatever. Just... I think they were afraid to fully... Right, they didn't... They're like, well, they, we can't have our lead actress be... End up in a romantic relationship with a serial killer. With a serial killer. killer. But I think if they'd waited a few years, because then again, on, on the NBC Hannibal... Now you can do that. Like, you spend the entire third season being like, when are you going to make out? Like, you guys are just basically eye-fucking right now. You're going to... Yeah, they <laughs> like, did. Come have, on, they come had a on. weird relationship. They had a weird... And it was very... There was a yeah. lot of, like, there was an energy there. And they definitely had good chemistry. They had excellent yeah. chemistry. And you could tell they were very comfortable with each other. Yeah. But it was it was insanely... I liked that actor that played Will Graham, too. I don't know oh, who he Dancy. is. Oh, Hugh Dancy. He was good. He's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. He's a really... He's married to Claire Danes. I don't know oh, know that. no yeah. shit. Yeah. And the dude who ever played Mason Verger. Super good. Oh, yeah. And that actor's name I don't know off the top of my head. But, he but did, he's he, fantastic. He did the voice just like the movie, mm -hmm. which I did like. You know, because that voice is so funny. Well, and and Raul Esparza, who plays Chilton, who you just oh, you hate yeah. him so much, but he does it so well. Yeah, because you hate him in the OG movies too. Yeah, so you got to have one that you really hate. Cause... And that, but that can pull it off in a way where you're like, oh my god, I hate you, but I like watching you. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like compelling to watch. Even it's in so the old, old school movie, the guy who did it was great. Oh, he's great. And you yeah. want, like you loved that he was like, I'm seeing an old friend for dinner at the end because you want to see that guy get eaten. Yes. He was just such a prick. That's like the key to any time you do like a Dexter thing or like oh, a, yeah. a vigilante like serial killer. You have to make the people he's killing so detestable. Mm -hmm. That you're like rooting for him, or mm -hmm. he feels like he's justified. You you're know, like it's not that bad. And in real it's life, fine. it would be like this is none of this is justified. Put this no, guy away. No, this like, is this is not okay. Don't uh, go out and kill people and eat them. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any favorite like serial killer stuff, like stories? Or my friend who I work with, she uh, just um, 
got her master's in psychology and so like oh that's amazing yeah but she's so she's obsessed with like serial killer stuff yeah. and got all the stuff on that like she can't stop watching it and she's always like and i'm like half interested sometimes and other times i'm like i can't do another i need to break you know like but it is fun like it's yeah. when and that's what's funny is like gabby sometimes because i i can compartmentalize pretty well yeah um but partially i do so many outside true crime things I you're do. doing a lot of different stuff though yeah we go all over you yeah. know and and we've got the paranormal we've got the cryptids and the cursed stuff and the lore yeah. But there's been a couple episodes where she's done something crime related where she did Jonestown. Okay. And she was after was just like, I need to do something stupid and fun because that's You gotta me decompress up. from that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um and that's how we end up with weird vampire stories sometimes. Is uh, <laughs> you need a little break from like the heavy because it does. It gets heavy when you hear that people are capable of doing some of these things. Well and and I've had a couple like uh, again, I, I, I do a lot of true crime things. I, I do true crime tours. I do lectures on different serial killers. I do a lot of panels. I look at a lot of crime scene photos. I'm pretty good at, at putting things in That's boxes. That's separate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I covered a case. Uh, it was Pedro Lopez. Mm-hmm. And he might still be alive. We don't actually know. He was a serial killer in mostly the 70s. Yep. In uh, Colombia, Peru, and Ecuador. Okay. And at minimum, he killed 100 girls. Girls. 100? 100. He could have killed as many as 300. And we don't know. Mm -hmm. But we know he killed at least 100. And the part that got me when we were recording the episode, and you can hear it in the playback because I I got very upset. I actually started to cry a little. uh, Is that of all of these girls, we know the names of, I think, seven of them. Mm. Because it was a lot of indigenous girls, it was a lot of, of poor girls, and... So it's, like, super sad that there's no way to find out. Well, because I remember when I watched that uh, John Wayne Gacy documentary, yeah. that was, like, a big thing, was, mm-hmm. like, identifying the bodies, because it gives mm-hmm. the family closure. Because sure. it's, like, you get all wrapped up in these, oh, these fun serial killer documentaries, and it's like all this, like, you know, like I said, it's fun, like horror movie, but then you yeah. got to realize, like, this is real people. There's people who There's lost. real people that literally died from this, yeah. and, and their family, you know, and it's like. Their families don't know what happened to them. Yeah, so, like, imagine that. Like, at least if you were able to know it was your son or daughter, mm-hmm. like, well, now I can, like, heal and move on, because yeah. otherwise I don't think you can. Because you don't really know. I mean, you know probably that they're gone. But right. You don't know for sure. Well, because just recently, I was within the last year, I think they identified another one of, of Gacy's victims. Yeah, I mean, and that's that big that's deal. big. That's mm-hmm. work that needs to be done. And yeah. it's like you forget. And it's so long ago, but it still probably brings relief to some of these families. Oh, you absolutely. Know? Well, and they're doing some really remarkable work with uh, the DNA technology because they've just in the past month – they've identified two cold cases that were the lady in the dunes and the boy in the box, which are two from the sixties and seventies, very notorious okay. cold cases and using, um, ancestral DNA, like through an ancestor.com kind of thing, the genealogical DNA, uh... they've been able to identify and, and f- contact family and tell them, we know that this person was your, your son and daughter or your, you know your aunt your whatever and and bring a little bit of closure to what happens mm-hmm. and i think the the advances we're making are remarkable because if if even now it doesn't matter how much time passes mm-hmm. if you can 
if you can identify somebody, if you can give them a name on their gravestone and acknowledge them and their life and their death and any family still alive, like we want to do that. We want to yeah. be able to, to bring that closure. So, yeah, I agree. You have to. And it's crazy. You're right. That stuff is getting better. Like what was that? Um, that guy that was just impregnating everybody. That's how they figured it out. Oh, that like, crazy, like, doctor. Yeah, yeah, he was just, like, using his own. Like, he was, like, a fertility specialist. Yep. Oh, he was and he just started, you like, basically in the other room, he was, like, beating off in a cup and he was using his own. Like, <laughs> oh, we've procured this great, you know, semen sample. It's, like, mine. It's mine. Specimen, yeah. I just want to get every woman pregnant. That, that was really creepy. So messed up and such a violation. Like, oh. Well, and then as his kids, you have to live with that. Like, mm. that my dad's this creepy guy that was doing that. Yeah. And yeah. I'm part of him. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? Because it's like they have their parents who had trouble, you know, having children, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But then, so like, that's their mom. That's their dad. That's mm-hmm. who they look at as that. But then to find that out, it, I think I almost wouldn't want to know. But it's like that, like the the woman who's behind it, she's like doing it because they need to know, you know, for their health. For and your like health and for all these other things. But yeah. it's almost like, God, it's like, God, it would be weird finding that out. Like, You're going to need some therapy after Lots that. of therapy, I believe. Yeah. Uh, well, what's it? I got a letter from BTK. Mm hmm. Uh, the the bind torture kill yeah yeah shoot my friend was talking about that one that's a that's a crazy it's one a crazy too. one uh, he wrote me a letter uh, <laughs> BTK did BTK did. he's in jail still he's in jail oh he'll be in jail till he dies and he's to be he's old now he's in his seventies I think yeah. so he, he will die in jail uh, but I had I do through spooked we do. Um, this tea and true crime where so we that focus. means he still has like internet access basically he can receive letters i think he has limited internet access um he i mean because he still gets to meet with his attorney he's still yeah. he's in solitary mostly because they have to do this with a lot of serial killers they have to put them in solitary for their own safety because other people want to kill him. other people want to kill him gary ridgeway is he's in walla he's the one from around here right gary ridgeway green river killer most yeah. prolific serial killer in United States history. And he's from here. He's from here. Uh, he actually, funny story, lived behind some cousins of mine. Okay. And when he got arrested, they were just like, yeah. yeah that makes sense. <laughs> that's, that's, that's scary. Like they didn't really know, but they kind of knew. Well, it, by the time he was or arrested. they weren't surprised. No. He, he was a suspect from 1983. It was the first time he was questioned. They didn't arrest him until 2001. And his coworkers would openly call him to his face, Green River Gary. Oh, my God. But we just, there was no, the DNA evidence, the technology at the time had not advanced to a point where they could test anything. So and that's it, gotten so much better now. So much. Well, the, the Golden State Killer, that's another one that they, they in the last couple of years, have apprehended because of, of DNA technology. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of, we had um, two murders that happened in Tacoma around the Point Defiance uh, Point Defiance Park. Yep. Um, two teen girl or preteen girls who were killed back in the eighties, and within okay. the last five years or so, uh, they were able to using DNA technology. They they located the killers. The killers are now in jail. That's amazing. And it's it's uh, like I know there's there's been some controversy about like people who feel like well it's isn't it shady that they're using our DNA from um, as long as it's accurate. Yeah. That's like my only worry is like. I always wonder this just in general about like, um, you know, like the justice system, like 
How many people are in jail that shouldn't be? Probably a lot. A lot. Yeah. And I know one of the hopes, because uh, like I'm a big supporter of the Innocence Project. Uh, yeah. They do fantastic work. And yeah, what's that one dude's name that does a lot of that with the innocent? That's crazy stuff what they're doing. Well, and and one of the hopes with the DNA technology is that it, it gives them something concrete to prove you can clear some people's exactly. names and get them out of there. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine that, like just being, you know, put in jail for something you know you didn't do. And then the weird thing is too, like, there's a lot of like, you know, like we're talking about just ghost stories in yeah, general and yeah. all this stuff, and like. There is something weird about the power of suggestion where, oh, like, cops can basically get people to th- mm-hmm. say they did something. Because, mm-hmm. like, people get to a point where they're like, well, I mean, they're telling me I did. Did I? So you know, because, like, you, st- you double check yourself all the time. Like, like even when you're leaving the house, you're like, if someone was like, I think you left the stove on, you'd be like, yeah, oh, my God. Maybe did I, I did, yeah. Oh, shit, I must mm-hmm. have. You're right. We got to go back. And you, you never, you realize you never did leave it yeah. on. And you didn't you, even cook. You that even day. checked it. You checked it before you left. But if it, like you're driving, you say you're riding with somebody, and they said that to you, you'd be like, "Oh my God, you're right. We got to go back." And now it's so it's like the there. power of suggestion, mm-hmm. you know. And so like, yeah, it, I feel like they can, you know, coerce um, uh, people to say they did something oh, yeah. that they really didn't. Confessions, sorry. Con- well, get especially day if you're in there for. You know, twelve hours, twenty-four hours. You're not. They're breaking you down. They're breaking you down. You're not. You're not seeing anybody. You're not talking to anyone but the cops. You're maybe not getting enough food or water. And you're like, well, if I at least say I did it, then I, maybe this ends. Then and I, I can. can and they'll on. say that. They'll say like, Listen, all you got to do is tell us what we want. Just tell us what we need to know, and then you can go home. So you're like, okay, I will. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, that's it's creepy. awful, and it's, it's. But the DNA thing, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. really fascinating, and. Uh, the, the, the work they're doing is, is every, I feel like now every week I'm reading a new cold case where they're like, we have identified somebody or we have identified a killer or we have yeah. a new person of interest. And I, the, it makes me very happy because. And uh, so you're, t- since you're tuned into all this, you probably hear this stuff more, like you're more attuned to like looking out for it. Yeah. Because you're kind of always researching all this stuff, right? You have to. <laughs> so that's good that you can compartmentalize it. Cause I think some of it, it does get so heavy where like. So the other guy I had on here that, that does the parent, he's into yeah. the paranormal stuff. He said that he has to like basically kind of like cleanse himself of it for a little bit and like do lighter things because he'll like, you know, get too involved with it, like looking up stuff or like, and I don't know what, he he's kind of looking into like maybe becoming a demonologist, I guess, which is like something they actually do like for religious thing like religions or like i don't know what it is but i guess it's a real job well because you have i mean in the catholic church you have priests who perform exorcisms right and they really do that and they really do and they get trained like you have to be trained to give an exorcism yeah uh and they work with demonologists um Mm -hmm. you there, you know, it's, 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 you can kind of debate like. That's kind of just that guy stabbing the vampire in the basement I, trying to get laid again, isn't it? it, it I don't, <laughs> don't want to say that. Well, no, it's, it's, I mean, like for me, I'm, I'm an investigator, like, and I work with all kinds of investigators. I work right. with ones who are sensitive, who think they talk to ghosts and maybe they do. Right. And he has a couple stories where I was like, okay, I believe you that. Yeah. Whether you saw it or not, this happened to you. I know You experienced You experienced this. Experience this is it. real Something for happened. you. Yes. Absolutely. And. I've experienced stuff that I can't explain. Yeah. I am I am a skeptic who is very much a believer, yeah. but I'm skeptical because I believe very strongly and I want to be able to back up 
the best believers to me are ones who are skeptical because otherwise it's bullshit. Like if you exactly. really say you really believe that Bigfoot exists, mm-hmm. you should mostly be a skeptic. Yeah. Because you want to prove without a shadow of doubt that he's real or it's real. And so like the only way – like so believing in like crazy stuff isn't going to do that. What yeah. What's going to eventually do that if it ever happens, if he is real, is real evidence. Yeah. So like – and you don't want to become the boy who cried wolf, where mm-hmm. you're pointing to everything saying, this is real, and this is real, and this is real. Yeah. And it, it all kind of becomes bullshit. And yep. then when something really happens, nobody believes you or takes it that seriously. Oh, yeah. You'll discredit yourself. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're mm-hmm. right. So being skeptical, actually. And Jonathan, my friend, he's pretty skeptical, too. He's very open to, like, hey, you know, I, this is what I believe. But, like, okay, it could have been this. It could have been that. This sure, could be yeah. bullshit. His story was really creepy because it was, like, basically this – um. Just a spot in the house. It was like the hallway where it was like once they were in their rooms, everything was fine. And I've like my friend had a house like that where it was like really creepy. They had that one spot. And it was just the hallway and it was like a weird hallway where it was like it went like this and then it turned so you really couldn't see down the other end. Uh, which is off putting. And yeah. it was like there always just felt like this weird even when I was there, it was just a creepy spot. Mm. I don't know why. But um so his thing was like his uncle who had passed away, he saw his uncle there. And it was like when he was a kid, but he was always scared of that hallway. And he didn't tell his mom till he was like older. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh, yeah. Uh, and then she told him this story about, I can't remember what. Uh, but it was it was pretty compelling stuff. So like mm-hmm. whatever he was going through, it happened to him. Yeah. You know. Well, and you know, it, it's funny because the first thing I say to anyone if I'm going in to investigate their house is like, first just start journaling. Keep a record of everything you're noticing. Anything that seems unusual, anything that you feel right. is something you can't explain, mark the time, mark the date, mark anything else going around. If you have pets, where are your pets when this happens? If you have kids, where are your kids when this happens? Mm-hmm. Or, or a roommate. Uh, just so we can start looking for patterns yeah. and looking at where is there a place in the house this is being, you know, the central activity is happening. Is it happening certain times of the day? Is it happening certain times uh, of the month? Yep. Is it only happening when X, Y, Z happens? You know, because that helps us start to, to, it's like a little checklist of, okay. What's real? What's not real? What's real? What's not real? Um, And it it gives us a starting point for for patterns. Yeah. And if, if it's a kind of thing like, okay, yes, you're hearing this weird noise after somebody takes a shower. It could be something in the pipes. It's the pipes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You Some, know? You're trying to find something reasonably in logic. What are Reasonable the... and logical. Yeah. Yes. And because like, there was a... I got into a home to investigate and like they had a raccoon infestation. Yeah, and it was just a raccoon scraping yeah. around in the walls. Which are... It's terrifying. That totally happened. <laughs> it is. I remember I would, there was a place I lived one time and it was super old, crappy apartment. I remember mm-hmm. there was some squirrel or some family yeah. living up. And it was like you'd hear him scratching around in there. I could have been like, oh, it's a demon. You yeah, know, absolutely. Like, yeah. Mice and rats, like, they sound they so much scratch. louder. Yeah. yeah. And if they're nibbling on something and it's that, like, rustling sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so infestations are, are a big one. Oh, yeah. You know, cracks in windows or, or if you're getting drafts, like, uh, the air could be traveling and hitting a spot to create a, a cold spot. Mm-hmm. There's lots oh, of... Oh, so that's when they feel like some kind of cold presence. Like, yeah. it's a ghost. Like, it's yeah. a ghost. It's And it's, it's not near a window you're like right it's not we're near a window but your window is cracked here and the air is traveling across the ceiling hitting the uh, wall and going down yep yep so you're right you're not right by a window but it is coming from the outside from the outside okay yeah, yeah. so you, you know, God, i had a woman the other day she sent me a picture or it was a video 
And she was like, I think there's a demon in my house. Yeah. And I'm looking at it and I had to respond, no, ma'am, you have a spider on your camera. <gasps> yeah, because it's always something on the lens. Mm-hmm. Like it's always like like those ghost things where it's just like a spot on the lens. And um, it looks real creepy, but it's an out of focus spider leg. <laughs> Well, and now with everything video, it's like you can't believe anything because mm. they can make – I mean, look at that. We just had that big AI craze where everybody oh, yeah. put did themselves as in, mm-hmm. in the AI and mm-hmm. make all this art. And it's like I feel like you can pretty much create almost anything yeah. now. So it's going to be harder and harder to trust any video evidence, you know. Well, it's one of the reasons we like uh, – I have a Polaroid camera. Yeah. And I take a crap it's plain. Of, yeah, and it's, it's, it's real hard to manipulate a Polaroid picture. I always love that um, – that horror movie Insidious where they had all the pictures of like the Mm -hmm. sun. So like that lady kept like getting closer and closer to him in the Polaroids Mm -hmm. as he grew up. As he grew up. So he, she was haunting him like his whole life Mm -hmm. to the point, you know, and not to ruin the movie for anybody, but then she eventually gets, gets him, but he's an adult, Yep. you know? So it's like, she waited that whole time. We were talking about that too, where like, if there are these kind of entities and stuff, it's like, my my buddy who was a, the drummer in my old band had this dream about it was like a, a terrible nightmare but so he like had this dream and he saw this lady like dressed in black and everything mm. you know all black and very creepy looking Ooh. and she was like you know and and it was like he was like dreaming and in the dream and he saw her and she was like in front of him you know this lady and it was like fine he was fine but then like she noticed him Oh. And it was like when she noticed him, everything changed because it was like all of a sudden she got the idea like, oh, he sees me. Like now I can fuck with him. I've been acknowledged. Right. So it's almost like these entities, they can't – if you don't notice them or give them like – you know, that's kind of like that movie. Like if you – if you don't notice them, they have no power. But she realized like, oh, he notices me. Now I can Mm -hmm. like – go fuck with him and, and then now I have that she was opening. coming towards him and he said it was terrifying he woke up screaming and his uh girlfriend who's his wife you know at the time she was like what the fuck oh my god you know like <laughs> but he just woke up like terrified i'm like dude when he told me that story too i got goosebumps because the way he told it it was just like so creepy well and again it, it taps into those like primal fears we have yeah uh, oh, that no, that would terrify me. Well, and I've had that uh, sleep paralysis before, where I've woke yeah. up and I'm awake but I can't move, can't and that's move. terrifying. Yeah. That is there. That is maybe one of the scariest experiences. Because you're just there laying in bed, and a lot mm-hmm. of times you'll see something weird, like and it, or if it's out of the corner of your eye and you can't yeah. turn to see, like what is it there is. something there? Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're just like get up, get up, mm-hmm. get up, and you have to like force yourself, and finally you do, and you're like. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird feeling. I mean, it's just a natural part of sleep. Like, yeah, it happens, yeah. but... And some people are more prone to... Or is it? No, I don't know. <laughs> dun, dun, you know, dun. it's like, I don't know for sure, but it's creepy for sure. No, that... And people usually get visions when it happens. Yes, yes. Because you're still experienced dreaming. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and your brain is in this in-between place. Yeah. And that's where... That's what I always find so terrifying, again, is that your own body is the one betraying you. That you can't trust what you're seeing. You can't trust what you're feeling. Well, that's why I'm open to stuff because we don't really know what happens when we die. We don't yeah. really know what's mm-hmm. happening when we're dreaming. Like we don't – I don't know that there's not all these other kind of entities that are like in some other realm. And that's what people are seeing when they do DMT trips and yeah. they're like getting access to these other realms. So like that's why I, I keep an open mind about it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, yeah. No, I think you have to. Well, I remember an ex of mine uh, – we it was when we were like just starting dating and so you're in that phase of like you know the you're the, the best fun part, part the fun yeah, part the yeah. fun part got less fun after that but uh um, right. where 
I was describing a dream I had and he stopped me and he started describing the dream he had. And we'd had like the same dream. That's Freddy Krueger shit. And I, it yeah. was definitely this moment of like, oh. Yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> Uh, that's not supposed to happen. That's not supposed to happen. And I'm like, I don't have an explanation for that. Because yeah. it was, there was hyper-specific things I was saying and he was saying. And we were able to go back and forth and continue talking about the dream. Yeah. And each were like, yep, that's what that's what I experienced. That's totally Freddy Krueger. And uh, maybe maybe that was Freddy Krueger trying to warn me. I don't know. Oh, my God. Maybe he's like, I got your back, Kim. I should have. Well, that was the creepy thing. They were all seeing him in the dreams. That's why it's like, but they didn't want to tell each other because no. it's like, because you don't want to sound crazy. Too. That's what that. That's what made that mm-hmm. movie so good. Like it was like, all the kids experiencing the same thing, but they didn't. And you know, especially like Johnny Depp, he wouldn't say it. Like he's trying to be a man, and like he didn't want to tell. And I don't know. That was like that was a good horror movie. It was a great. I I got to see it in theaters a couple of years ago. Uh, it Where was, did they show that? It was one of the anniversaries of mm. you know however many years it's been out. They re released it to theaters for a week or something. Yeah. And I I I live downtown, so I live by all these movie theaters, and I went and saw it. And I'd never seen it on the big screen before. That would be fun. It changed how I saw the whole movie. It was creepier. Probably. It was so creepy. And I, I'm like, oh, I've seen this movie. It's good, but it yeah, doesn't really scare me. Yeah, but on like VHS me. or like yeah, streaming. Yeah, on or... your little, you know, no. Big screen, the sound, everything. So it was like almost like going back in time and seeing what it would have been like to see it when it first came out. To see it when it first. And it's, it's kind of lit a fire under me to see uh, classic horror films in the theaters because it's changed how I watch them. Right. You need uh, to get yourself a big screen. Yeah, well, like even a projector. A projector, like, yeah. Make a little, like, uh, my buddy back home, he's got, like, kind of a, basically the little theater room at his place. And oh, it's like, cool. you know, it's cool, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, there's nothing like seeing Leatherface, you know, 20 feet tall, where you're just like, oh, that's got to be creepy. That's, that's, uh, that, that does it right there. <laughs> what about, um, what about cryptids? Do you have any favorite? Like cryptozoology stuff. I love I love cryptozoology. I don't uh, know that much. I always loved the um, Mokele Mbembe or whatever. Oh yeah yeah yeah. The um the one that's supposed to be a sauropod dinosaur that was yeah. in the Congo, mm-hmm. like in Africa in the Congo deep in the jungle, mm-hmm. and they like sent these expeditions to look for it, and like the native tribes would say, oh yeah we you know they would describe it like they'd show them a picture of like a brontosaurus or something, and they'd be like that's what it was, it. and it's like the idea that what if somewhere deep deep in the jungle mm-hmm. in the Congo that this like you know maybe a, a population of enough dinosaurs actually lived on mm-hmm. just long enough for these people to see it like they were the last of their kind possibly yeah. mm-hmm. and we'd never you know so they they I guess they sent a bunch of expeditions in to look for them and obviously they never found it right yeah and a bunch of people died yeah I you mean, know it's like usually what it is but well and I think especially the ocean. Oh, yeah, we we know. we know so little about what's down there. There could be all kinds of there stuff. There could be all kinds of stuff. I, I love a good cryptid. We um we did Gabby Gabby loves good cryptid. She's done I think she's done more cryptid episodes than I have, but uh it's not for lack of enthusiasm on my part. Um we did the Mongolian death worm. Yeah. Which is just this giant worm in Mongolia. <laughs> like how big? Like like could swallow us. Like could swallow a human big, yeah. And so uh, it's I always, like tremors. Like tremors. That's what. That's exactly what comes to mind when I think about the Mongolian death worm. Is yeah. the tremors beneath my feet? Um, I love the Jersey Devil because I went to school that back one, east. Uh... He's supposed to hang out in the Pine Barrens. 
And they did like, him on what we see in the shadows. Or, yeah, yeah, what we yeah, do, yeah, But it was just ridiculously goofy. It was ridiculously they goofy. Yeah. There's a, a found footage horror film that came out around the same time as the Blair Witch Project called The Last Broadcast. Okay. That's all about these dudes who have a public access show because it was the late 90s. Yeah. Uh, and they go into the woods to try to find the Jersey Devil and then they end up murdered. So it was, and again, it, it came out right around the same time as the Blair Witch Project, and the Blair Witch Project kind of overshadowed, overshadowed everything. Yeah. yeah, that was a huge. It was it was groundbreaking for you know. Right, that movie did like made tons of oh, money, so much money, especially with like no budget almost. Yeah, like. but it it's and it's it's a low budget film, but the whole idea that the Jersey, that you know, they think, oh, did they find the Jersey Devil and the Pine Barrens, and that yeah. the Jersey Devil tear them apart? Yeah. Uh, I, my, my old college roommate, she grew up in Jersey, so mm. she knows all about, and we would go in drives for drives in the Pine Barrens because I wanted to go on a Jersey devil hunt. Yeah. And she was like, I hate you, but okay, let's do this. I'm going to pee my pants, well, but let's do those this. Those legends get passed down mm-hmm. in certain areas. Like, uh, like I always love the Mothman thing. Mothman, yeah. yes. Uh, Dover Demon is a weird one. Dover Demon? Dover Demon. It was this little guy that showed up for like one night, at, but okay. all of these different people had sightings. I got to look it up. You keep... It's it's so weird. I uh, We did an episode on him a, a while back. Oh, that was one of mine, actually. Um, and the pictures, like the pictures people described of what he looked like. He's Town got this, of Dover, like, Dover, Massachusetts. Yeah, and he's got this funky head. And like these weird, yeah. Oh yeah, he looks like a little alien. <laughs> he looks like a little alien guy. But creepy. But creepy, and that was that. There was multiple people who had these sightings. That's creepy. But it was right all on. isolated to like one night. Uh, okay, so similar to like the Mothman, like there was a certain Mothman. time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there's the Jersey. Yeah, Devil. Yeah, Jersey Devil's cool. <laughs> yeah, because the Mothman thing was like. The bridge that's... It was, like, at a certain time, and it was, like, these kids uh, all saw it, and, like, the one dude got left behind because, mm-hmm. like, he got out of the vehicle. Yeah, yeah. And they were they were just so scared they left him. And then they were like, oh, my God, we just left our fucking friend. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, what a, we're a bunch of assholes. But, like, they were so scared they left because they saw the Mothman, you know? Yeah. They went back, and then they found him. He was back, and it was almost like he had been, like, abducted or something, you know? One well, and, and there's been a couple crazy like alien abduction stories and and so is that Dover is he considered to be an alien? Do that's they think? one of the theories is alien. Um, the skeptic in me says it was probably some kind of animal. How about uh, Jersey Devil? What do they think that is? Well, and that's another one where you start to trace back the lore. Yes. And you you trace it back to a point where you're like, oh, this was this was some bullshit that somebody came up it's with. This is a that, fun thing grandpa used to say. Yeah, yeah. That, that took off and then got popular when um you know, in the I think it was the nineteen twenties or so where it got kind of really popularized. I'm as sure they do stuffed animals of it. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, like Or like the Loch Ness monster, you know. Yeah. Uh I love Nessie. I believe in Nessie. I think Nessie exists. When I visited Loch Ness, I think I saw Nessie. Nessie looks remarkably like a swan. Who knew? Yeah, that's a swan. That's a, it was a swan. Yeah. It was a swan. But I told everybody I saw the, the Loch Ness Monster. I was like, look, that's right there. But that's... guys, it's just so cool, the idea that there would be this big dino, like a plesiosaur. Like a plesiosaur, yeah. Just like living out there. But it's like, how would that happen? See, that's where I always get um, a problem I have with Bigfoot is like, yeah. if this existed, you would have to have a certain population 
to maintain a population. Mm -hmm. So if there was just one, he would die out eventually. That is true. Unless he's some mystical creature, which some people think. Which some people think. Well, what I find compelling is across multiple cultures... They have them. You have them. So it's it's not Same just... Same with dragons, right? Yeah. That you have the... You know, you've got the Yeti. You've yeah. got the uh, the Abominable Snowman. So maybe there was something. Something. There... I and maybe there's it. still small pockets of the populations yeah. of them that we just... Like you said, if it existed, it would be here. Mm-hmm. Because you can't see very far in the woods. And, and we have all of this woods that are these national parks and yeah. these areas and these mountains. Yeah. So... Who's to say there's not a small population or something? But to even have a small population, there's got to be a certain number. You know what I'm saying? The way that like populations work in animals when they get down to a certain level, that's like extinction level. Because otherwise you're just inbreeding amongst yourselves. And that's never, nothing good comes from that. No, they'd start looking really weird then. And then (laughs) they would eventually. Maybe that's what's happening. Maybe that is. Yeah, you don't know, (laughs) but. That's like some like deliverance stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's what we're actually seeing. Ooh, you never know. Like, what if it's some weird, like... Well, that's one of the theories, is yeah. the wild man theory, that that uh, some of the Bigfoot sightings were, you know, people who ran off to the woods to live off the land and, and could grow giant beards and run around half naked. They be- basically became feral human yeah. beings. Yeah. yeah. And that's... And they were just a tall, statured man. Yeah. Or, like, woman. Yeah. And especially if you're covered in, in dirt or mud, that might look like fur. Yeah. Or if there's leaves, the you know. Sam, the Sam Squanch. Have you ever the seen... Sam's Trailer Park Trailer Boys. Trailer Park Boys. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's... it's That's the thing. When people have sightings, I believe they're seeing something. Oh, 100%. I yeah. I absolutely believe it. The question is, are you seeing a monster or are you seeing a bear that's lost all its fur or a you know or i mean the what is it because those look terrifying oh those are that to me is maybe one of the creepiest images i the 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 bears with all their fur oh no that mm, that i find upsetting in a weird way it just doesn't look right it doesn't look right it looks like a big dog or like but like a sick one that's funky colored skin and the eyes look weird yeah. and yeah and the shape doesn't look right no it looks so weird it looks so weird uh that's a terrifying image i've seen that on yeah on the internet before yeah and it's been mistaken like but it's just a animals. bear with like alopecia and he's diseased yeah. and starving basically and that's uh, it looks animals terrifying look terrifying yeah. uh so that's one of the theories with some of these sightings is it's you know diseased animals or animals with a condition or um Wild men or... There's that one really weird recording of them where that does sound really weird. Like, I, I remember hearing that. It's like, almost sounds like, um, kind of like ape-like or something. Where it's yeah. Like, kind of those, ooh, 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 you mm-hmm. know, like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. some really weird... I remember hearing that and that's kind of like, okay, well, I don't really know what that is, but it could be like a bear or something or making some Coyotes weird... make weird noises. Foxes yeah. make weird noises. Or again, could it be a human? <laughs> or it could be, who knows? Uh, well, what would we sound like if we never learned the English language? language? Yeah, who knows yeah. what kind of vocalizations we could make? You that's know? true. That's it. and if you don't have anything around to hear or listen to, and you mimic other animals, yeah. So it could be again like a feral person, right? Was, what if they yeah. figured out a way to live, or yeah. like, or like a kid that got lost and grew up in the woods and somehow survived? Could you imagine that? Like, 
because there there's been a handful of cases of that of of children who have been found who've been alone in the woods for a couple years or like raised by wolves i think that might be real there was yeah there was something yeah like uh, there was some kind of story i recall about a, a a kid that was uh, in the wilderness for a couple of years, in a sense. That's probably bullshit. I'd have to look it up. But, yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> but it again, like, what is that? Or people who are, are on a desert island, you know, and right. you stop. You, you don't know. Like... You don't know. And also what that does to you, having no other contact, having no other, um, I mean, you know, Tom Hanks didn't last too well on the island without Wilson. He, he needed his No, he, you his come volleyball. up with something, your imagination. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing I was talking about where they think it was just a dinosaur, but I mean, it's basically just a dinosaur, you know? I mean, it looks like a, yeah. These are like artists. So they would see him with hippos and stuff and like. Yeah, because I, I, I can't explain that as like a hippo that grew a neck. No, because they would say, like, they would show them pictures of it, and they'd be like, it's this, and it would be like a picture of a dinosaur, you know? Yeah, like, that's bonkers. That was always my favorite. I don't know, just because I think I was, like, super into dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. So the idea that maybe some dinosaur, a remnant, because that's what they call species, like, and they found remnants before. Yeah. So, like, it'd be like a fish or something that they thought mm-hmm. was, like, extinct. Because there was that one, the... Uh, can't remember how to pronounce it. it. Begins with the C. Yeah. The like prehistoric one they thought was extinct for. And they found some. Yeah. And they're not found very often, but they're still around. Well, and now they're getting to the point like they could maybe like genetically make like what about like like that tiger? Mm-hmm. What is it like the the, t- um, Tasmanian tiger? Yeah. Like, that was always a cool one. that because mm-hmm. we existed with that. Yeah. yeah. So we have actual photos of it, mm-hmm. but now it's extinct. You know, like. Or even the like the woolly mammoth DNA they keep finding. They keep talking about making a brand new woolly mammoth, and I bet they will. I'm sure at some point somebody's gonna think that's a great idea. Yeah, I mean it's like Jurassic. We're, we're gonna do it. I'm like y'all. You saw Jurassic Park. Come on. You should listen to Jeff Goldblum. Have we learned nothing? I bet we'll do it. We'll probably make dinosaurs someday. Somebody might already be trying and just not talking about it. Right. I mean, we're definitely, yeah, we're going to do so many weird things, I feel like. Because we're doing all this weird science shit where they're not saying anything till after they do. They're like, so P.S. we did this thing. Okay, have fun. Bye. <laughs> they're doing human and pig hybrids. and Good. That's my Alex Jones impression. <laughs> well, they did do, they've been. Um, they using- really did do some shit like that, though, yeah. Well, in the artificial wombs, they've been growing like. It's pigs or lambs or something. Cause I saw yeah, it's some weird shit the government's doing. It's yeah. like, can you not do that? He's <laughs> like, guys, this isn't going to end well for us. Right. Just be careful. Could you be careful? Yeah, just be careful with like, uh, what was I just saw something like they unearthed some old disease from oh, like, yeah. uh, they were in like um, the North Pole or mm-hmm. the some, I don't know. It's like, just don't do that. Just like, don't. Just don't. Yeah, if they're like digging in the ice and they like Things accidentally. Are, we and, just had COVID, so then it's like, they're digging in the ice or something and they like unearth like the next pandemic by accident. I'm like, have you all learned nothing from disease movies or zombie movies or anything? Right. We've there's some good nothing. disease movies too. Like, yeah. There's some really And zombie ones. movies usually kind of are a disease movie because it's usually spread by through some disease. Through some like, kind of disease. It depends on if you're going like Romero style yeah. where you just have the dead rising or if or like the 28 Days Later sort of situation. Right. Because uh, I thought 28 Days Later I love because it. You're even though that whole like rage virus thing seems a little bit, 
you're like, okay, it's something developed in a lab and it's spread through through you know saliva. Or but blood. it's the idea that it, ha- it waits so like you could have it and not know. Mm-hmm. Where like what was the other one where you got it like instantly if it even touched you like that to chop her arm off. Oh, with, uh, I think that was Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah. World was that World War Z? Yeah, yeah. that was good because that was like it happened immediately. Mm-hmm. I always like the idea of like where it slowly happens because then someone can get it and they'll be like they don't want to tell the tell the rest of their friends. Yeah, it's like a moral dilemma. Like I gotta tell them, but like you're trying. Basically, they're not they're not admitting it to themselves that oh I'm done. Yeah, and they don't want to admit it because it's like so I'll they hide okay. it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it was the new uh, the new Dawn of the Dead where yeah. the guy's girlfriend is pregnant and she gets bitten, mm. and so she's slowly disintegrating, but he doesn't want to say anything, so he's like hiding her off, and then she goes full zombie and gives birth to a zombie baby. Oh no, you should have just. And it's it's like oh no, that's well, nuts. that's what makes those zombie mm. movies hard. You have to kill your friends, yeah, or family, or that family, you love. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So that's like it always makes those weird. I heard you guys were talking about. Uh, bones and all on there, uh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. also the new Wednesday, which I thought Wednesday was dope. Like I know you were talking with her about it, or what, you hadn't seen I it. I hadn't she seen, had. yeah, I still haven't seen it yet. Cause uh, well, I'm not gonna, I won't say any spoilers, but like I remember, like you were saying, ah, some people are a little. Eh. I loved it. Okay. Maybe because I'm like a teenage girl. I don't know. I, well, <laughs> like, that's what all the teenage girls in my life yeah. are like. Kim, you haven't watched it yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm it's like, like, like oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know I can't help it. I'm like I, I just loved it. It was so uh, good. I I need to bump it up my list. I'm hoping that uh, that things are kind of winding down for the holidays. I'm dude. Catherine to... Zeta Jones as Morticia. Like I don't know how. Like speaking of Tom Cruise not aging. Like you oh. gotta see her in that show. She's I'm like she's in her fifties, and she looks amazing in that show. She's good. Her and Keanu Reeves, where I'm just like, what's... Yeah, they're, yeah. she mm. looks great as Morticia, but it's and it's wild, you know? Like The casting was good. It's a good cast, yeah. I like. Uh, I remember they were saying, like, Fred Armisen. That was a little weird as Fester. As Fester, yeah. Um, probably because we're so used to the old Christopher Fester. Christopher Lloyd yeah. is a very distinct, yeah. And it's just like, okay, it's like, it's Fred Armisen. You shaved his head. Yeah. But it's like, okay, he's fine, he's what, fine. whatever. He plays kind of a variation on the same thing over and over again, but, like, sure. Yeah, well, that's why I'm like... it. He's not really a character actor. He's always just kind of Fred Armisen. He's just, yeah. So I'm like, well, now it's just Fred Armisen with a shaved head. Yeah. If you get a guy that's more, like, good at characters, then you forget that it's Fred Armisen. But he doesn't yeah. really do that. So yeah. it was kind of like, we're like, even um, the girl that plays Wednesday, like, she's Wednesday in the show. Yeah, Jenny Ortega, I think. Yeah, yeah. like, because yeah. she's been in multiple things, and you don't, like, she's a totally different character in yeah. this. We're like, you're right, Fred Armisen's basically like, it's just Fred Armisen. Being like, weird. That's his brand. It's like, this is Portlandia. I don't yeah. know what I'm watching. But nah, I was... putting birds on his head. We can forgive it, you yeah. know? Like, well, because even Catherine Zeta-Jones, like, she was totally Morticia. Yeah. Like, she disappears into the character. It was it was probably a little, like you said, Harry Potter-ish. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. I guess the kid in me, I just loved it. Well, and it's, it's I mean, Tim Burton, if nothing else... In terms of style, he Great makes a, style, a beautiful visuals, world. Yeah, uh, costume. Yeah, the world that he creates is so dope. And then like, this it was a murder mystery. So you're yeah. like, what's gonna happen? Like, you know, well, my like, parents started watching. It. My mom was texting me the other day, being like, "We're watching Wednesday. What do you think?" And I was like, "I think adults can enjoy it." I well, and they're loving it. And my yeah. my dad, who is not, he is the kind of person that like I have to hide if something is any way horror. Oh, so he doesn't like horror. No, 
See, here's the thing. He does. He just doesn't like the word horror. He thinks if it's horror, he's not going to like it. But he uh, loves, like, he liked Hannibal. If he it's a good some movie, these... he'll end up liking yeah, it. Yeah, he likes the murder mysteries. He likes the some of the supernatural stuff. Uh, you just can't approach anything with him saying this is horror. Yeah. And then he'll, he'll like it. So uh, they started watching. I think my mom's angle was it's a murder mystery. Yeah. And I, I'm like, my parents are lapping me on this. That's I'm not okay with that. Right, <laughs> I, right. need to, I need to start watching this. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. It's No, I've been, I, I have to say I've mostly been hearing pretty good things. So. But then you saw Bones and All? I saw Bones and All, uh, which I really liked. Yeah, I think I want to see it. I'm like, part of me was kind of like they're like, Let's make a like a really like love art story. Oh, what, yeah. what can we do to make it different? Let's uh, have them be zombie. No, I'm just like, <laughs> I know that's not how it came to be, but I was like making a joke like that. I'm like, you know, it's like Hollywood's like, well, what can we do that makes this love story different? Oh, Animals. I know, they eat people. Yeah. It's Animals, like, totally. They're in love and it's really artsy, but then they eat people. They it's eat like, people. It it is very much like art house. Well, horror. but I think yeah, I bet it's good. I mean, it's got Timothy Chalamet yeah. and I don't know the other cast, but it's probably really well done. The acting is fantastic. It's yeah. it's very it's a very slow burn. It's Weird concept. It's based on a book. Yeah. Uh and it's Cuz they're not really zombies, they just have to eat people. They have a compulsion to eat people. And how do they eat people? That's do they ever explain it? Well, uh, you see Cuz if you're sometimes. eating bones, that's hard. <laughs> well, and that's the the comment that they the, must have the title, some kind of. Do you do, have you have you eaten someone bones and all yet? Oh, so that's what they're talking about. And that's what they're talking about. And there's a line a character has where they're referencing that, and you see them, you see them eating people a couple times. Like it's not graphic until sudden you're like, oh, okay, we went there. Cool, that's blood. Great, uh, awesome. Yeah. It's it's much less horror than. I think if, if somebody went into it expecting it to be a really overt, it's not a horror, horror film, movie. Yeah, it's horror in that they're, like, eating, they're people. eating people, but it's it's a you know these two like young people falling in love and traveling around and trying to figure their shit out, and yeah. there's a little bit of danger following them, um, but it's it's really their story. Yeah, but I, I it was very well done. I thought the acting was no, spectacular. I'll probably check it out. Yeah. It, it, it's it's got to be good. It was, yeah. it, it, it's worth seeing. It's definitely worth seeing. But right. it's, I, some of my friends who are a little bit more like, I like the hardcore horror. I was like, you might not like this no. if that's your jam. Um, no, don't watch it for that. No, no. If you're going in expecting lots of blood and guts and, and hot, high tension the whole time, this is not the movie for you. <laughs> no. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I love horror, but I like just a good movie too. You know? it, and it's, it's a, it's a well done film. Yeah. Uh, I kind of figured it, it had to be. Well, and I saw uh, Violet Night. <laughs> that looks good. It's fun. It I mean, who doesn't want to watch like Die Hard, but it's a Christmas movie. But it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> Which a lot of people argue if Die Hard is a Christmas movie. You can't argue in this one. Like, it's Santa it Claus. It is a Christmas So you're movie. like, this is a Christmas movie. It's fucking Santa Claus. Do you think Die Hard's a Christmas movie? Uh, it's I will, one that's fun to watch at Christmas. I will watch year. at Christmas. Yeah. Is it? Is it? Do I put it up there the same way I put like White Christmas or Elf? No, no it's but, not like that. But it's a it's a movie I'd watch in the holidays. Right. It's, it's not like Elf. Like Elf is a classic or like a Christmas story or yeah. Christmas Vacation. Like Christmas those are is Christmas part of the movies. plot. Yeah. Right. Because I think that too. Like I don't know if you've ever uh, seen Batman Returns. Yeah, yeah. But that's a Christmas movie. That's a Christmas movie in a by sense, that but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's the same as that. So when people argue about that, I'm like, who really cares? Like Batman Returns yeah. is a Christmas movie because like the whole thing's set on Christmas. Yeah. There's a whole Christmas tree. The the lady falls on the 
falls to her death on the thing and turns mm-hmm. on the Christmas tree. Like, but it's not like I wouldn't call it a Christmas movie. It's, but it is, in a sense. like It's one that, you know, uh, if you're watching movies to, like, kind of get in the f- spirit of the season. Like, no. I, watch, I watch horror to get into the spirit of the season, but I watch, like, Krampus. Yeah, is Black Krampus Christmas. any good? Oh, I love it. It's, I want to see some good horror Christmas movies. There, there's a lot of them. So, like, Krampus, Black Christmas, The original Black Christmas is the best. Yeah. The original Black Christmas classic. The most recent Black Christmas I really liked. So I, there's numerous. There's like sequels. There's well, there's three, but they're all, uh, it, they're all remakes. Okay. The, the one that came out, I think it was it was 2006 or 2009. Uh, Black Xmas is how they. That's just a like gory slasher. It's yeah, flesh those are cookies. Fun. It's yeah. If you don't go into it expecting anything other than just blood guts and ridiculousness. Right. But it was an outright remake of the original. The one that came out a couple years ago. Outside of it also taking place in the sorority house has nothing to do with the original. I think they were just trying to capitalize off of... The fanfare for it. Yeah, but I really liked it. I thought it was very well done. Mm -hmm. It has kind of a feminist angle to it, so it's, it's, it's fun, but it got a lot of shit because... it. Anytime you remake a classic movie, people are gonna be like, you shouldn't remake this, and... But what if it's different? I mean, I don't... Yeah, it just depends. I don't, I don't have, like... There's movies that are remakes where I'm like, that wasn't necessary, but I'm not. Do you have any like? Do you have any movies, uh, horror movies that you really just hate that are popular? Oh, probably yeah. (laughs) Or like some, because I know some remakes are terrible. Like, but some I don't mind. Like even like, um, I'm pretty sure Rob Zombie did like the Halloween movies. They were okay. Like I like Rob Zombie, so I I forgive him a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess I did like House of a Thousand Corpses and uh, Corpses. Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects, Three Ever- from Hell, too. I've actually never seen it, the newest one. And that's where, like, the dude that played Spalding, the actor, or the clown died, right? He died. And they only got part of him in this film, and it was, like, his last film. It was his last film, I believe, because I watched an interview with Rob Zombie talking about it, and, like, they knew, they had to change the script, but yeah. he knew he was sick. He knew it was not great. So Rob Zombie rewrote things so that he could do it so he could still be there for a bit but that he could do what he could yeah but the original script was gonna stick with the the core three yeah and then they had to make an adjustment but i don't know three from hell was a good time i still gotta check it out because i always did like those movies quite a bit yeah i i i'm an unapologetic i saw his monsters thing the monsters it wasn't good but it was good in a way it was it, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. It's it wasn't my cup of tea, but if you're a Monsters fan or you like again, it, it had that very highly stylized Rob Zombie. It was very aesthetic. Rob Zombie ish. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I, I couldn't say I hated it, but I was like, it was okay. I, you know, it's like after seeing Wednesday, it's like you see what can be done, mm-hmm. but that's like totally not Rob Zombie. He wouldn't make something like no, Wednesday. He's not that slick with how he nah. he he likes that kind of seventies grit and yes, he has a very specific style and almost a humor in it. Yeah, where the Wednesday thing they didn't it wasn't maybe there was humorous parts, but it was like so well done. It yeah. wasn't like. You know, it's, they weren't doing stuff like tongue in cheek. No, you know. it's that deliberate world building of this is where we live and this right. is right now. They're gonna yeah. have like a successful series for like who knows how many seasons. You know, however long Netflix doesn't cancel it, mm-hmm. they like canceling things. I mean, it was like, uh, yeah, they do. They've canceled some actually good stuff mm-hmm. and stuff that's gotten good, like good ratings, good. Uh, and I wonder why. Just they, they 
corporate stuff. Yeah, if something goes for two seasons, once they get to the third, they have to pay them differently. So some stuff gets canceled after two seasons because it's just a budget thing, probably. And to be fair, most streaming networks, I mean, HBO Max is just going on a rampage canceling things because they've that are popular. Yeah, they just canceled something that was almost done filming its second season, and they pulled it from the. Because Damn. they can't, they're they're hemorrhaging money. They canceled Batgirl. I know mm-hmm. that. Because they can, it's a tax write off. Uh, you can say we canceled this. We can take a loss for it. Taxes. Yeah, it's it's a lot of it comes down to the corporate. It's the, been a rough year. We need to show up. Yeah, yeah. We got to show our loss. So. Well, it's funny because they, you know, that's the corporate world. You have to show growth every year, mm-hmm. otherwise. So there's like, it's never satisfied. It's never like, yeah, yeah. 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 That's the weird part about corporate anything. It's like they always want, you know, you have to like, you're beholden to like the people that, you know, own it. So you have to like show that it gets better and better Mm -hmm. every year. And And if it's not. (laughs) Right. If you're showing losses, somebody's going to be fired and somebody Mm -hmm. else is going to, yeah. And there's a lot of turnover at a lot of the media So that way they can make it look like a good year even if it wasn't. So they can, yeah. That's crazy. It's it's as a fan, it's maddening because you're just like I. Where's my incentive to get attached to something if you're just going to pull it or cancel right. it or whatever? And it's not like these are like things that are doing terrible. They're, no, they're good shows. Not obscure stuff. Not not things that you're like, well, nobody knew that was on anyway. Right, and that's the only thing I kind of do dig about. Um, like some of the B horror stuff mm-hmm. is like, it gives like a chance. Like low budget stuff's kind of fun because like. That's the thing with the rise of streaming and mm-hmm. kind of like the rise of Marvel movies and everything, which I am a fan. I do like them and oh, everything. Oh, yeah, they're fun. But it does seem like we get less like art projects or like less like one person's vision. It mm-hmm. has to be like first they got to go out and focus group it with everybody, make yeah. sure it's going to make the mat Because you can't really release anything in a the theater unless it makes like massive amounts of money. I think wasn't it – um. Was like Matt Damon just talking about this or something like oh, that's kind of why that we don't see as many like kind of weird movies anymore, you know. So that's one thing from our childhood that we're not going to get as much of now is like those like mid range budget mid range. Yeah, because they can't ones. afford them because yeah. they used to. He said they used to make their money on DVD sales. Yeah. So like you could have a movie that wasn't necessarily going to make that much in the theater, and it was like a a passion project yeah, where somebody yeah. had a vision. And it wasn't maybe going to appeal to everybody, but it was going to be cool. And then they could sell it on DVD, and that's where they'd make their money. But now that doesn't happen because, yeah. you know, nobody buys DVD. Hardly anybody buys DVDs. So, oh, you still do? Well, I certain physical media I buy because, especially horror, there's a lot of stuff that's still not streaming. Yeah. Well, and I think it's cool, like, to still have a, a physical mm-hmm. – like, I have some DVDs. And I think it's like, especially if you've done it for years, it's hard yeah. to break the habit because you're like, I want it. I want, I want the to physical. Own it. Yeah. I can watch it on Netflix, but I also want to own the disc and the 4K. Well, it'll look better. Spe- yeah. Yeah. If you got a good yeah. good player and mm-hmm. you got a good TV, it's gonna look amazing. And the commentary. Sharper. I love the commentary. Yeah. It's fun. And if you're, it's just like collecting. Right? Yeah. Collecting yeah. anything. Well, and, and if nothing else, you know, stuff getting pulled from streaming shows you. Yeah. That's the risk. If you're only relying on streaming, if something leaves streaming, you're never gonna see it. You're never gonna see it. But if, so if it's a movie you really like, yeah, you can keep it and mm-hmm. just watch it whenever you want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still kind of like I have some CDs and stuff oh, yeah. like that because yeah. like I I never really listen to them anymore. But yeah, you're right though. But like there's whole them. forgotten things. Like I mean, you can find a lot of stuff on YouTube. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Surprisingly, a but, lot of especially some of the older stuff and some of the B movie stuff. But someone will come up with like a movie from God knows when, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like at work they're telling you about it or something, and it's like, 
I don't even know where I could find that if it's not on streaming or something, you know, like. So, like, you guys were talking about some interview with the vampire, like a new version. Oh, yeah. I yeah. had no idea that even existed. It's, it's... Uh, How it's many seasons? Just the one. It's But it's already been renewed for the second season. It's an AMC show. Yeah. And, uh... So there's good stuff on there. Like, like oh. everybody watches Yellowstone and all these. These are on these mm-hmm. set different streaming things that not everybody has. Yeah. Uh, Yellow Jacket was a big one that I liked last year. It was on Showtime. And the second season's coming out next year. Yeah. And it's the the girls' soccer team that plane crashes and, you know, what's going to happen when you're in the wilderness at some point, oh. cannibalism. And, uh, Holy shit. It's, it goes back in time between the, the 90s when the plane crashed and then today. Uh, and so you're seeing some of them. Like the story unfolds The slowly. story unfolding. And you're not always sure. Like, there's a couple people you know they're still alive. But you're not sure... Everyone who's lived through it and... and Yeah, somebody might still be alive that you don't know they're still Mm -hmm. alive. And somebody might have died if you're watching them when they're younger. You don't know if they're going to die. And the way they talk about them, you're like, I can't tell if they're talking about this person as though they're dead. Are we going to see them die? Uh, And you know some shady shit went down, but you're not exactly sure what it sounds pretty good it's re and christina ricci's in it um she was great in that wednesday or yeah the wednesday she's show. like a teacher or something yeah yeah it, you'll yeah. see you'll okay. see it's, okay. it's okay. pretty great I, I remember seeing she was going to be in it which made me happy because i love it's her. cool to see wednesday with wednesday yeah, yeah 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 in, in a way passing yeah. of the torch a little bit yeah uh but no there, there's all of these fantastic shows uh right and some of them obscure some of them on these the streaming services that if you have access to it, you get to see it. But if you don't, you won't. Mm-hmm. And that's, to me, kind of the downside of, like, there's so many streaming services and you can't subscribe to all of them. No, how do you do it? You can't get every one. It's, can't. like, impossible. It's impossible. There's too many. And uh, keeping up with it's ridiculous. There's these shows people are referencing where I'm like, I've never even heard of that. And yet it's winning yeah. all these awards and it's all this. And I'm like, where do I find that? I know. And then it's like you get too busy with life. Like I'm too busy to watch every – like so I have seen Wednesday. But then it's like, hey, have you caught up on – I'm like, I don't even know what White Lotus is. Like uh, that was Everyone's telling me to watch it. Night. Like yeah. I'm like, I can't keep up. I just watched Wednesday. I'm yep. done for a while. Like, I'm good. I'm good. I got to chill. I have other <laughs> stuff I need to do. Like I just had to watch a three-part like – documentary on a serial killer uh, you know right. i don't have time to watch so, all of these things <laughs> when you're researching all these different serial killers for mm-hmm. your podcast is there like if you were the one like pitching to netflix like what what would be the best one to make a show out of that's never been done like if you were going to be the writer like jake bird jake so who's jake bird jake bird uh is and i've been actually writing kind of trying to write a little book on him because yeah. no one's ever you should do it and then sell it to Netflix and make millions. And make millions yeah. of dollars. Well, he uh, He's sometimes called the Tacoma Axe Fiend. So from around here. He ended up here. Yeah. So in 1947, mm-hmm. he broke into this this home and he bludgeoned two women with an axe. Mother right. and a daughter. Yeah. Okay. And they caught him immediately. Like the neighbors. There was called. no like. Uh, is was it him? They knew for sure. They they it was like two a.m. and he got caught. Right he away. got caught. Police come up across him. He run. He's covered in brain matter. Like yeah. they chase him down. They tackle him. He's like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was another guy. And they're like, you've got brains on just right here. Yeah, a little bit of brains You're right totally there. Totally busted. Yeah, and so uh, they put him on trial. This was back in the day when. 
you actually got put on trial right away. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so within a month, I think he's on trial. And he, he's adamant. He's like, I did not do this. I did not do this. But he's identified by all these different officers. And, and it, it was very obviously him. And he is found guilty, sentenced to death. Yeah. And he gives this whole speech where he puts a hex on people involved in the case. And most people who've heard of the case, they've heard about it because of the Jake Bird hex. Okay. Because within a year, six people involved in the case, like the judge and one of the attorneys and the bailiff, all died. That's creepy. To be fair, most of them died of heart attacks, and they were like older men. So you're like, so yeah. maybe they're putting something onto it that's not. Yeah, yeah like yeah. you know, it's it's you know, you're 70 years old. It's 1947. You have a heart. Just attack. happenstance. It, yeah. Yeah, but but regardless. But you could make that a great series. You could make that yeah. a great series. So then they, you know, they take him to prison, and he just starts confessing. So he's killed more. Oh, dozens more. And they're finding. So they start, because at first they're like, mm, okay, dude's just talking. But yeah. they, all over the country, he's confessing to these murders that happened all over the country. And so they start contacting some some places. And they closed like 11 cases based on things he confessed to. He confessed to something like 43. Some of them were bullshit. He did confess so to he was some making stuff. stuff up some too. of it was made up, but some of it was legit. And the thing is, is that there were other places contacting the governor being like, you need to stay his execution. We want to come talk to him about a couple murders. Because what he used to do is ride the rails, hop off in a town, yep. break into a home. If there was somebody there, he'd kill them, rob them, and then peace out. Jesus. So nobody's connecting. I mean, again, it's the four. It was the yeah, so 20s. Yeah, it's before internet. There's yeah. not much connection. It's kind of like when people could rob banks and then just go to a different town and, and just disappear. Go to a different town. And you're yeah. Fine. yeah. Nobody knows. And, and so... Um, he, there was, there was stuff they could absolutely pin on him mm -hmm. and did and close the And he the would cases. be like, the body's here and they'd find it. And it was like, yep. Well, and, and that's the thing is in like one of them, it was bonkers. One of them, the cause of, it was an older woman and the cause of death was listed as an accident because they're like, well, she fell and hit her head. And you're like, okay, but her, did she ransack her own home? Did she put her purse and empty it on the counter? Yeah. Did she hit her head in a way like somebody hitting you in the, I mean... Y'all, y'all. Right. Uh, so there was there was some where it had been attributed to, you know, or again, a breaking and entering. Most of them were like, mm, somebody broke in, were surprised, robbed the place. Um, he had been convicted previously of an attack on a couple, but they lived. Yeah. And they there had been a few other axe attacks in the area, and they were like, well, maybe it was him, but they couldn't prove it. Okay. So he went to jail for assault but then he was released mm -hmm. and then he went and killed more people and then ended up in Tacoma where they finally arrested him but eventually governor was like no nah, we're, we're we're tired of, of people talking to him we're just going to execute him so they executed him and what the fuck yeah like but there could be all these other murders there could that... be all these other murders so I have been slowly I've covered him I covered him for the podcast I've covered him for I've done tea and true crime on him a couple times because yeah. I keep finding out more information. I'm trying to... There's nowhere currently does a cohesive list of all of his known victims exist. Now well, and now we'll does. never know because, like, they killed him. They killed That's him. crazy. But I'm trying to trace back, like, I found... There was a case I found uh, where a couple were attacked their in their business. They were bludgeoned with an axe. 
it fit the time frame. They lived near the light or the. And that was like his style was the axe. The axe bludgeoning and the axe. That was that's what he primarily did. And so there's I'm looking at these other cases and trying to make a timeline of exactly where he was, where some of these known murders took place, and could some of these other ones be connected to him? But it's it's anytime you're looking into historical stuff, it's a nightmare sorting through everything. God, yeah. But it's this fascinating case, the serial killer who nobody talks about, partially because nobody knew they were looking at a serial killer. Yeah. And that's what I find really interesting. We've had a handful of those. Like Israel Keys is a great example of one. And who's that? Uh, he was a serial killer who was caught after he abducted and murdered a young girl in Alaska. And yeah. this was like 10 years ago, maybe maybe a little more than 10 years ago. And um, they have it on video, him like abducting her from the coffee place she worked at. And they traced uh, they traced his, his um, car and, and her car to an ATM and they were able to like track him down. They arrest him. And in a very similar move, he starts confessing to all these other murders. But he had a very similar MO in that he didn't care who he killed. He didn't have a type. He took an opportunity. It was just opportunities. Opportunities. Just like that other guy. That's so weird. And he knew to not kill people too close together or in the same way because then you trace it. You see the pattern. It's such a weird compulsion. Yeah. Yeah. But it's terrifying to think because I I think, you know. And that's like somewhere it's not like based on anything sexual. They're just killing people. They're just ki- well maybe. I, there were, I mean he 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 did sexually assault some of his okay, victims. Okay, so there was that. But it's it's he didn't have But like, he knew not to do it in the same like He had an understanding cuz you you know some of it I think comes from we have such a deeper awareness of serial killers now than we did. Yeah. That you have a whole generation of people who know what not to do. So it'd be harder and harder. So what do you think now? Like, because you said, wasn't there like a, a period of time that was more serial killer? The, the, you said like the 70s was the highest? Yeah, the 70s. You have this, the couple authors have referred to it this way, of the golden era of serial killer, which is like 1950 to 2000. And okay. that's where you see a lot of our big ones, you know, your your And so you think they're still out there now? Oh, absolutely. It's absolutely. just harder to get away. I think you're seeing a change in how they operate. I think you're seeing, I think some of them are becoming spree killers or mass murderers who are like, uh, there's a lot of that shit. There's a lot of that shit going on where, where instead of developing into a full on serial killer, they're going into a school with a gun. Right. They're finding something, somebody, and it's always like kids or like gay bars. I feel like Mm. it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And or I, just random. Sometimes it's just random, like that theater. Sometimes it's random. Oh, yeah. Like, wasn't that Batman or something? Batman. Or just a random fucking mm-hmm. theater. Or churches. Or churches, mm-hmm. yeah. Just unload. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think I think you're seeing uh, an evolution in how people are approaching it. If, if I'm a serial killer, uh, because there's more of an understanding now of, like, well, how did they catch Bundy? How did they catch Ridgeway? What did, what did these guys do? How did these guys fuck up? Because mm-hmm. they went for a long time. Oh yeah, a lot of them. A lot of them did. Again, Ridgeway is a great example. You know, he killed for almost twenty years, and at Sam Little, you know, 
uh, we didn't even know he was a serial killer till he was in prison. He was like, I got some things to confess. Yeah. And how many of them got to that point where where they're like, well, I'm arrested anyway. I may as well start talking. Right. They still. It's like an ego thing or oh, it's something. Absolutely an ego thing. So yeah. What about this newest? Uh, those murders in that house. Did you hear about that? What was it? Um. There was just a recent one where, like, it was like he was on the top floor. Where was this? Oh shit! This wasn't the. I know there was like this the the college kids that were killed. Yeah, yeah. I haven't looked in. I haven't looked in depth into it yet. I've been seeing some of the headlines where it was what like four kids in. Yeah. Was it Idaho or Idaho? I, Idaho. Yeah. So that's like the newest one. University of Idaho students' yeah. deaths. So that's a creepy one. So, I mean, I don't know if it's a serial killer or... Because I don't think they found him. What what will, I guess, determine if he's a serial killer or not is if... If it happens again. If he kills again. Yeah, because that's the... It's the distinction between, like, a spree killer or a mass murder is the the cool-down period. So it's, like, three people that were living there, another one's uh, boyfriend who was staying Staying over, and... They're partying at a house, University of Idaho. Oh, jeez. They got home from partying at like 145, so you're all drunk, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that makes you like easy pickings, you know. Oh. Um, That's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, and it's uh, the, you know, they, they made an arrest in that um, the Delphi murders those two teen girls or preteen girls um, where they on the bridge and they had the video where they've been, it's been a couple years now, but they finally made an arrest there. Okay. Like that's, there's, there's hope with, it's harder to get away with some of the stuff that used to be. Right. So that's why like in the old days, like you said, you could just go like rob a bank and then go away. Or like you might've been somebody that had like did something horrible and you were able to move on from it because people would forget. Nobody knew. Yeah. Nobody knew. Maybe you could make a life in some other town or yeah. something. Or go whatever. out West where nobody is. Yeah. I'm going to go West yeah. and mm-hmm. get away from my past. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's a freaking, um, you know, like Western movies like oh, that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Make a so, new identity. Nobody yeah, knows. You yeah. can't do that now. No, now everything is recorded. Like, mm-hmm. so it, it's probably harder. So, which is a good thing. Yeah. But then the bad, the bad side is like, all the social media attention causes all these mass shootings and stuff. And maybe that's where it's going. Well, and there's the question I've done a couple panels on this, the whole like celebrity of murder culture that, well, I think that's what, with those shootings, I do think there's an element of like clout in a sense. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. like humans have this natural tendency to chase clout or like status it's like in a, it's a, you see it in the animal kingdom. Like oh, animals yeah. do it. Yeah. So like we do it in certain ways. If you can't like you do it either you try to have find money or you mm-hmm. try to make yourself look good by lifting weights or working out or like whatever you know way they're doing it. Humans have this natural or some people do it socially. They're mm-hmm. social butterfly. They try to move up in the social status. Like, well, I think these are like some disillusioned people that have a lot of pain, obviously, and they're yeah. fucked up and they get made fun of or they're picked on or. Or they're just mentally, I don't know, but I think they see it as it's it's the fame thing. Yeah. It's like the notoriety, the I will be immortal in this right. thing. It's like I can't get it any other way. I can't yeah. get this attention I need and I have pain that I want to spread to the world, so I'm gonna figure out a way to do it in a horrible way. Well and and something I've brought up on our podcast a number of times is the fact that most people could name five serial killers, very few people could name five victims of serial killers. None. Yeah. 
I couldn't name any. Because the focus is on the, the killer. Yeah, they're, they're, you're yeah. making a fame. And I suppose shooters, I mean, I couldn't name five shooters, but in a sense, they get famous because they they get put in the news. And... They get put in the news, and everybody knows, like, the Columbine kids. Everybody knows yeah. the, the... I do know that. I don't yeah. know their names, but, I mean, that was the first big one. Yeah. So. There's Sandy some Hook. level of ego and fame attached, which yeah. is creepy, you know. Uh, but we're also getting to that point. Like, I feel it happening to myself where I see something trending and it's like, you know, school shooting and you're just like another Over one. Over it in a week. Yeah. Well, in a sense, it's because like, if you think about it, like in the past, we wouldn't have had all that information to us. So like we'd be in some like small town and if some, something tragic happened, it'd be like, Oh, old Amos got crazy and he yeah. killed his wife yeah. or something, you mm-hmm. know? And like, that'd be the tragedy. And like, that's the only one you'd hear of for 10 years. Yeah. We wouldn't be hearing about the one that happened in the town over, the town over. So that is part of it. So I suppose we've just gotten numb to it because we hear it over and we over again. We hear it over and over. And that's, I think that's it's what's sad. sad. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't want to be numb to it, but I also no. don't know if well, you as a human, too much on it, you're going to go crazy. <laughs> right. It's almost like not watching the news so much. Yeah. It's like, it's not that I don't care about what's going on. Right. It's a, I need I can't put all you know I gotta yeah. focus on my own stuff yeah. like this is terrible this is bad for me to take all this bad stuff in all the time you know whatever's happening yeah. well and it's the compartmentalizing I do when I'm researching cases yeah. where I'm like I can't I can't humanize it because it's like I don't want to not know about it at all because right. then I'm uninformed and right. I'm you know whatever but I don't want to like I just gotta like sort of it's the misery train <laughs> yeah get away from it at some point a little bit yeah you know, so and that's where you know what is it Gabby loves ninety day fiance because she's like I can turn I just it on need and something I light think yeah I'm gonna go watch some terrible like uh, reality TV yeah. where some you know ladies throwing wine in some other yeah. lady's face absolutely. and they're fighting over absolutely my rich husband's better than your rich husband yeah. and like yeah and memes are born and we're like yeah i like a meme memes are great aren't they memes are great yeah. yes that's one thing that brings everybody together i feel yeah. like is a good meme a good meme yeah. yeah my mom is 75 years old and i will still get a meme from her and i'm just like that's this hilarious. Amazing. This is amazing. She's still memeing. Oh, well, yeah. pe- you know, a lot of people at work, we're kind of ageist in our country. And, like, a- people that are older, they get shit, too. Oh, yeah. Because if they're staying up to date, you know, some don't. They're like, I'm not getting yeah. into any of that. But it's some people, like, you know, like my grandma will send me a Snapchat, like, oh, hey, yeah. I miss you. And she's, like, 80-some years. I'm like, how do you have Snapchat, Grandma? Like, I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> You know, that gets dangerous. You know, grandma on Snapchat. It's, it's like, like, also, are you checking uh, out my feeds? Because I'm not sure how I feel about that. Grandma. Right. I'm like, grandma, sometimes I'm putting some like, uh, you know, like posing after the gym or like some like shirtless <laughs> stuff that I don't really need you seeing. You don't like, need to see that. But, uh, well, we've gone for like two, over two hours. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap it up? You got to get to your other. What's your podcast tonight about? Uh, it's the Jack the Stripper. Jack the, <laughs> the Stripper. The Hammersmith nude murders. So we're gonna. I think I like the Hammersmith nude yeah, better than me, Jack me the Stripper. Sounds like I don't know. It it again it, it makes it like cheeky in a way that you don't want to be talking about women people getting death. killed. Yeah, it's yeah. like again we like turn it into a funny thing. And yeah. It's like there's always this serious part. It's kind of like that's something I would hear on like Beetlejuice. Like Jack. yeah. Yeah, Jack the Stripper, Jack my friend. Stripper. You know, like yeah. It's it's it sounds like some kind of ghost that used to be a stripper, right? And that's the joke is yeah. that like that's Jack the Stripper, and that yep. was his stage name. And then it's delightful when you're when you're looking at like six dead women, you're like, that's not funny. No, no. exactly. That's always the horrific part. But you're right. We don't. We definitely don't focus on the victims. No, anymore. no, we don't. 
And it's like, it's so sad because like, I think it's one of the worst things that somebody else decides that somebody else's life is just, are there just a toy, you know, like we all have ourself inside of ourselves, and you're just using, it's like definitely some kind of narcissistic, like not power to, yeah, aware that other people are people. Yeah. And they're just objects to you to mm-hmm. use. Yeah, it's like weird. And have control over and and have their yeah. life or death in my hands. And Yeah, and that's just really creepy to me because it's yeah. like we all get this one experience on earth and you don't have – nobody has the right to take anybody yeah. else's away from them. No. You know? And that's, for me, something that's really important when I am doing research is naming everybody. If there's a name, I want to name them. If I can say some facts about their life, I want to talk about them. Right. I think acknowledging the people who were killed is Mm. so important when we're talking about these cases. And I think it's the thing that can get lost is is the impact on the families, the impact on on the victims. And and that, that they did leave something on this earth that was not just they were a victim of a serial killer. They had a they had a life. Right. Because that's the saddest thing. Then you're boiled down to basically a victim. Yeah. Victim number four. You were victim number four of this horrible guy. And people don't even remember the serial killer now. So it's like... The friends and family of those people, yeah. they do, I'm sure. They, they know who that person was. And that's the people that, that you know, they, they're the ones that when you find out for sure that they're like one of the victims, like when they do that stuff, it's good for them to hear so they can move on and get peace from mm-hmm. it. But yeah, we did, and we definitely um, kind of like sensationalize and like almost like sexualize some of these yeah. like... Like, I can't remember what one where it's like they have Zac Efron playing him. And it's Ted like, Bundy. he's so good looking. Ted Bundy. And it's mm-hmm. Zac Efron. You know, he's like yeah. the, the, it's like, come on, you couldn't get somebody. High school musical guy. <laughs> but I suppose they're like the idea of Ted Bundy was they always said he was the good looking and charming and all this. He was uh, not Zac Efron level though. Come on, no, no, that's a little, he, that's a little bit of a stretch. That's that's pushing it to like yeah. Ted Bundy was fine. If if it's hard because you see his picture now and you're like, well, that dude was a serial killer, but. I mean, objectively, he, he was fine. Yeah, but it's you like know? we always make him a little too, like, cool in the movies. And a little you know? too smart, too. He wasn't yeah. as smart as he thought he was. Right. But he he had, he was the first nationally televised trial. It's mm. one of the reasons that's why we why, talk about That's him. why yeah. it was easy to make a movie. You could base it on that. Oh, the, they pull stuff directly from the court transcripts. Well, same with that Dahmer show. I never yeah. watched all of it on Netflix because mm-hmm. it was, like, kind of like the same thing. I'm like, I can't. I don't need icky. this in my yeah, yeah, it was so gross. Yeah. Like, they, they did it on purpose. Like, yeah. they made it gross. Like, you could almost smell it. Yeah. Because, like, and he's, like, drinking, like, Bud, like, Bud Heavies the whole time. Mm-hmm. You could just smell, like, he's, like, smoking Bud Heavies, yeah. rotting. It's, like, in the color scheme. They did that on purpose. They yeah. made it so nasty, which, I mean, it, it worked as an art, you know, art form. Mm-hmm. But it made me, like, I don't even really, I'm going to finish it someday because I think it was really well done. Right. But I'm just like I don't have time for this right no, now. No, and I don't. I don't need this. <laughs> I don't need this in my life right now. I'm gonna watch something else. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But well, I appreciate you being here. That yeah, was super good. For and me. we could probably do this again sometime. Absolutely. Maybe talk about some case or something yeah, fun or interesting yeah. you have, or or maybe bring your co-host too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I know she'd love to come. Yeah. yeah that'd be fun because I, I kind of want to do some of these paranormal ones. Yeah. On a semi-regular basis because I think they're kind of fun and kind of broaden the. Uh, the scope of the podcast and Mix everything. It up a so, bit. Yeah. all right, Kim. Well, do you have anything that you need to promote or anything? Uh, you can find Ghoulish Tendencies everywhere you listen to podcasts, and so check us out. And uh, yeah, if you're in the Seattle area and want to take a ghost tour, come on down, to Spooked in Seattle. Hell yeah! Ask for Kim. Ask for Kim. All right, Kim. I appreciate you being here. Yeah.
And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time.